Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I don't need no wine to die Something high class. high class. I spend my nights at home romancing the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore and then we'll smash. Roll call. Todd. Page. The, the other guy. Oh, yeah. Mikey. Mikey. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch Seven Brides for Seven, Brides for seven, seven brothers. brothers. So it was Paige's pick. Yeah, it was. Technically, it was me saying it. Although I did say to Todd, what if we did this? And Todd was like, okay, say it into I the mic. I was fully on board. But because you weren't <laughs> here, instead of skipping your pick, Mikey, we just decided to like bump Paige up in the rotation. So technically, this counts as her pick. And then you pick up next month. I no longer go after Paige. I go after you. I'd like to come in hot at this point. Coming from the guy who has had full-on meltdowns about lesser-known movie picks. Yeah. This whole situation is so much fucking bullshit <laughs> that I can't you, you bitching about movie picks is something that has always pissed me off about podcasting with you about oh it needs to be a big movie people need to know what it is until you want to do it so fuck you well technically this is a, a very well known yeah. movie this is a big big movie <laughs> oh yeah I'm sure my great grandparents nominated movie <laughs> No, no, this is not, this is a great well-known movie to you theater kids from, you know, all 20 of you from your high school. I don't know, there's 200 people in our Facebook group that were super happy about it. Okay, more ammunition about what I'm saying. I'm glad all the theater people are in our Facebook group. This is not a well-known movie, and you can. Pull it is a super well-known movie. It, it is, is a very a well-known movie. Super well-known movie. Bullshit. I had never heard of it until you two started talking about. It. Yeah, but you don't listen to music because you're not human, and I don't understand. <laughs> I listen to music. I just don't listen to musicals, and I'm just saying this is not. Oh yeah, this is a huge movie. Gonna get huge numbers. This is th- this is the bullshit that I'm talking about. I'm so excited for this episode because I knew Mikey would have this like angry, aggressive energy, and I. 
Love this movie. I saw this movie so much as a kid growing up. I, I mean, I probably didn't realize exactly how problematic it was until probably last night when I watched it again. <laughs> I hadn't seen it in like 20 years. Nah, probably less than that, probably like 15 years. But I, I do remember from my childhood it being wildly problematic. But when I watched it last night, I was like, fuck, this is maybe the worst movie we've ever done when it comes oh, to like absolutely. rights of this, women. This, <laughs> this movie is horrible. Horrifying, but also I I also watched this a ton as a kid, and like that's, growing up, yeah, yes, like most of the people we talked about in the Facebook group, and most oh of the people God. I know have seen this movie saw it as a kid, and then at some point come back and watch it as an adult, and they're like, holy fuck, yeah. <laughs> like oh my god, this movie has horrifying implications. But what's even crazier is that this movie, like. I rewatched this movie a couple years ago. Yeah. Because as an adult, I was like, oh, just like thinking through the plot. And I was like, that sounds terrible. And Jake and I watched it. Because oh, yeah, he nice. had, he'd watched it a ton as a kid, too. Yeah, because a lot of people know this no, movie. No, I refuse yes. to fucking believe that. I mean, a lot of people our age grew up on this movie. Watching this movie. Yeah, I'm, I am sure that your culture did, Todd. This Mikey. movie screams Mormonism Yeah, white to me. kids who were born in the 80s and 90s definitely oh, saw this movie. No, It definitely. came in a VHS box set. Yep, that's where we had it. Of, of oh musicals. God. That's why everyone yes, saw it. Yes. So here's the other thing. So, okay, so Jake and I watched this a few years back and we're like, oh, God, and just laughed our way through it because it was so crazy. But then even watching it like because I wasn't watching it that close that time because I was like, we're just watching this for fun. Yeah. Last night taking notes on it. Holy shit. <laughs> like, this is so much worse than I remember. But it also made me, as I was going through fun facts, remember another movie that came in that box set. And Todd, I am very curious as to whether or not you watched that movie, which is Harvey Girls. I haven't seen Harvey Girls. Okay, Harvey Girls with Angela Lansbury playing an old-timey stripper that sings about <laughs> grabbing chicken wings. Hell yes. I may force people to do Harvey Girls at some point. My grandparents owned the box set, and we stole this and mm. another one of their VHSs, which... Do you remember which one? Yeah, I do. But I can't make you do it on one of our podcasts because it's not a rom-com or a horror movie. But my mm. favorite musical of all time is 1776, The Musical. I can't. I can't with 1776. <laughs> it, it is so It's so bad. terrible. It is so... I, I will fully admit, much like this movie, like this movie, I like. I love the music from this movie. I do think like it's great performances, great music, but, this but it's horrible. But this movie is terrible. Yeah. This movie is terrible. I feel the same way about 1776, the musical. I mean, you've got Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World playing the yes. main character of John Adams singing about independence. It's amazing. But the only thing I remember, the only line I remember vividly from 1776 is Mr. Feeney being like, I still have my virility. And I was like, I am checking <laughs> I the fuck out. I can walk through Cupid's Grove with great agility. Yes, that and is a you're line. Like, no, from the movie. no, this is <laughs> ruining Boy Meets world for me right now i wish i could show you guys mikey's face because he is head in hand right now so I upset just, i i just want to i have stuff that i want to do today <laughs> i just came back from a great vacation 
Jackson and you're making me do this bullshit like my first day. I, I'm upset that you can't even embrace the madness of this it. This movie is fucking terrifyingly terrible. It's oh, like, sexist for sure. Yeah. Oh, the problem. I mean, let's take the problematic stuff out of it, which is a ton. <laughs> so it's going to be th- a three minute episode. Like it's all problematic. <laughs> The movie is boring as fuck. Nothing. Not much happens. Not much happens in the movie. I will give that to you. Oh, my favorite part is when the main character left for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> when Adam goes to the trapper cabin. Because yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Go away. I wish they all left to go to the cabin or whatever. Uh, Mikey was probably like, I wish I could go to a cabin away from this yeah. movie for the, go winter. to the trapping house or whatever. Because, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is like people who come from families with a lot of siblings yeah. are just like only children and the fact that they're really fucked up too. Oh, I mean everyone's <laughs> I fucked only up. Have That's what one I learned. Sibling. What? 3 is the maximum siblings you are allowed to have. I have 4. No, I, I see I I ascribe to they should never outnumber you, so you should have two siblings. I well okay, so I have 4, but if you count step siblings, I have like 20. Yeah. The rules stand. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying I'm not fucked up, man. I'm in therapy. Like, I get it. This is one of his favorite movies. You don't think he's fucked up? I looked at it in a lens of, like, Mormon propaganda, which is like, they're just like, oh. you gotta come back down from Salt Lake and kidnap 40 women, go back down. Well, it's taking place in Oregon. This so, takes place know. in Oregon about 12 years before the Civil War. Yeah, that makes me feel better. That, that means most of them probably died. Yeah, but but this movie was made in the early 50s yeah. when women were fighting for rights. Yeah, I guess the only good thing I could say is there wasn't a ton of racism in the movie. That's because well, there no are no minorities in this, in this movie. And I think that's because probably a blessing a for one. everyone well, involved. I mean, in all fairness, <laughs> it is set in Oregon in the 1950s, and Oregon is one of the more racist places in the country. I, I mean, the whole place is pretty racist. I mean, <laughs> top to bottom. <laughs> There's like so many racist places in the country. But Oregon legit started as a white only state. Like it was in their like constitution or whatever. Oh man. And here's what I got. Fun facts is gonna be wild because Oh, I'm sure. Because going going into this, I knew some things about when this movie was made, where in Hollywood it was made, and how that kind of impacted the movie a, a little bit. But then in Fun Facts found out extra stuff because this is apparently this is made during a time in Hollywood that is essentially almost like the musical wars, where it's studios fighting to get the most musicals on the damn screen because that's what made money at the time. Like that, that's just what made money. And so this movie is a result of a fight within the studio where they thought one musical was going to do wildly better than this (laughs) musical. And so they cut this musical's funding halfway through filming. Wait, really? Yes. Mistake. (laughs) Uh, and and it does prove to be a box office mistake. This this movie goes on to make much more money than the other musical, and I'll talk about it in fun facts. But it's that's how many musicals they were making at the time, and that's how popular they were at the time. Oh yeah, I'm and sure. That's why you have a box set of weird, bonkers ass musicals that make no fucking sense, <laughs> like this one, like. The story barely holds together here. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's just, oh, God. I don't like the song. Yeah. I don't like the people. I didn't like the sets. I didn't like the singing. I didn't like the avalanche. 
Mikey, you didn't like Bless Her Beautiful Hide, a wonderful <laughs> song where the only thing that is not said disparagingly about a woman is how he trade his gun and his mule. But whoever took them would, would be, be a one damn fool. fool. Yeah. Every other line in that is like, oh, she's too skinny. Oh, she's too fat. Oh, she's cross-eyed. I'm out. Like, <laughs> he is the definition of a beggar being a chooser when he's come yes. to town for an afternoon wife. <laughs> like, it's an insane story. Oh, yeah. Adam's got real. <laughs> Uh, Chad energy. Yeah, I mean, he's like, got. That's that's throughout the film. Yeah, he's all the men on the internet. <laughs> oh my baby, <laughs> fuck my baby. I want to be right about this argument. Who said it's even my baby? <laughs> I had forgotten a how short so many of the songs were, and I actually have some notes on it and fun facts of why that happened. Except for the barn raising scene. That song's like 25 minutes long. Well, that actually is one of the reasons they get nominated for some awards. That's why this movie gets acclaimed is because even at the time, the newspapers, like the reviews of this movie were just like, eh, this musical is meh at best, but that barn raising scene, holy shit. Yeah. No one has filmed a dance scene like that ever. And so it's the one standout scene in this movie. And they're right. It is fucking amazing. Well, the actual songs themselves in some cases are, I mean, short even by musical standards, because most musical songs are on the shorter side as far as like what's being sung and what's happening because you're accounting for action and three minutes is a long time to sit through like a whole ass song. Yeah. Um, but even by those standards, these songs are short. And I was kind of struck by it last night as I was watching it. I was like, this seems half assed and we will talk about it in fun facts. <laughs> but also I'll point it out as we go along. But I noticed watching it through this time that certain brothers can sing Certain brothers can dance and one brother can do neither. And we'll talk about Oh, yeah. It. Dude, Benjamin in the orange shirt during the barn raising just scene. there to look yeah. good. Dude, Benjamin, <laughs> no joke, has zero dancing in this movie. Like, there's one where he's, like, chugging along with Doris, his girl. And there's one where he's behind everybody with Doris. And they're, like, doing the motions. But you can very easily tell that he does not know yes. how to dance. But Doris, or Dorcas, I think is her Dorcas. name. Dorcas. Dorcas is her name because it's Julie Newmar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original character. Catwoman. Anyway, I love Benjamin, but he, and he can act, but he cannot dance. Uh, and also, three of the girls look almost exactly alike, and you cannot tell them apart. Yeah. The only difference is that one of them is a ballerina, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so she gets all the dancing. Um, yeah. But also, because very few of them could convincingly sing, a lot of it is dubbed uh, for singing. That does not uh, surprise And the few me. people who did sing get all the songs, which is why in this movie, there's one or two air quotes group songs that are really only sung by like three of the brothers. But then almost everything else is Millie or Adam and no one else sings yeah. in this entire movie. Yeah. And it's because they could sing and that was about it. Yeah. Or they have like little one-off parts like in the song, like Gideon uh, in the Sobbing right. Women song is like, He's barely oh, I have singing. Notes about that <laughs> yeah. song uh, because that song in particular we'll talk about in fun facts because it has a connection to cult podcasts. I don't know what any of these terms mean. Who any of these people's names are? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> You did watch the movie, though, right, Mikey? Yeah, I watched the movie. Oh, no, I can tell from his anger that he watched the movie. <laughs> I watched the movie. I woke up early yeah. to watch 
Fuck the movie. I watched it last night. Mike, I watched it last night too. And Mikey, I really wish I could have watched it with you last night. I'm like, not going to disgrace my Saturday with this film. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have watched this with you though, Mikey, because I think we both would have enjoyed it more had we watched it together. Because I think you, I would have helped you lean into some of the silly of it because it is very silly. And I mean, we could have talked through most of the songs. No, no, I like, I like watching it with all the lights off, just brooding. Because <laughs> I didn't, I, I wouldn't have liked any film outside of the picture order generally but definitely this one the most well then you should show up to the <laughs> you're allowed to take some time off like it's fine it is fine Here, here's what i will tell you i i fully expect that if i take a week off i expect these same kind of shenanigans no I, i'm gonna fucking hire the shit out of you <laughs> you're gonna pick a good movie and be like see this is how you treat a co-worker with respect and i'm gonna be like this is gonna be a more boring episode <laughs> <laughs> i do think this will be a bonkers episode because we're like like, going to be talking about one of the most problematic films we've ever done. This is hands down the most problematic yes, film we've ever absolutely. done. Absolutely. Oh, I definitely think these brothers touched each other in the bar. <laughs> oh, and the animals, which is, I'll talk about in fun facts. There's a line of in a song about how you don't sleep when you sleep with sheep. And it it's always concerned me. And the studio tried to get them to take it out. And made a concession for them to keep in it. <laughs> Why? Who would go to bat for like, you know what? No, I want to joke about fucking sheep in my 1954 musical about seven <laughs> men kidnapping seven women. I guess it's six men kidnapping six women because one of them's already married. Well, but yeah. I mean, you got to no, count that first one. seven men kidnapping six yeah, women. The first that, okay, one is, that's fair. is some that's coercion and manipulation. The backstory, the headcanon on her... I watched this like really depressing. Do you mean Millie, the one who does get married at the very beginning? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to still count her as kidnapped. Yeah, okay. So I actually didn't realize until I watched it this time that Millie has like a, a very sad story. Like both so of her parents sad. are dead. She's living with the preacher and the preacher pretty much gets up every day and says, Millie, you should get married. You're looking old. Like he is the Greek father from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Not only old, he says she's selfish and women shouldn't stay single because we have to air quotes settle the land. Yeah. That's how bad it is. <laughs> I didn't realize that Millie had that super sad, like, arc before the movie starts. Like, I think that sort of informs why she was like, fine, I'll just marry Adam because he's a big, shouldery redhead and I'm into it. Like, I sort I of. I mean, honestly. I sort of get that. And get he it. does straight up lie to her. I mean, lie oh, through a Oh, he fully lies to her. Yeah, about, like, the situation where he lives and where she's going to be living. Like, it's terrible. Right. <laughs> it, it is terrible. And, and it's one of those things that, like, I, I did not. Not realize until I was an adult watching this movie a how sad her story was and b how bad her prospects are yeah because at best they're paying her to cook in that restaurant sure at best I think she lives with the preacher because yes she does that's her option you know or whatever she can't own property or anything right I watched a bonkers western love story called redeeming love on peacock which is a christian western modern oh, movie oh, 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 my redeeming love <laughs> and it's, it's about a girl she was sex trafficked in the old west what and was forced to be in one of a, one of those little uh like brothels brothels that happens in harvey girls and they make it seem fun <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best little whorehouse in Texas where everyone's just, just happy like about their situation. It's wild. <laughs> and <laughs> this guy comes to town and falls in love with her first sight and pays money to see her one on one over and over again just to talk to her and like confess his love for her over and over again. 
Anyway, she finally escapes and starts cooking meals at a cookhouse like Millie. And I was like, oh, that's the only backstory that makes sense. It's like that level of trauma is the only level of trauma that makes sense. But Mikey, that is sort of the level of trauma. I mean, aside from being sex trafficked like your your girl was, like that is sort of what is happening in this movie. Well, you don't know what happened to Millie. They yada yada a lot of it. This is blowing my mind because this is kind of the plot of Harvey Girls where she <laughs> takes a train out west because she is a mail order bride and then just like no one claims her basically. What? Who mail ordered her as a bride? <laughs> well, okay. I ordered an attachment on my lawnmower. Wait, wait, wait. You are not compar- comparing women to machinery. No, no, not no, 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 today. No, no. I'm just saying. Hang on. Everybody calm down. <laughs> what is happening? I accidentally put one of my previous addresses in my shipping address. Oh, yeah. And that part of my lawnmower went to an apartment I lived at like seven years ago. Okay. Maybe that's what happened with that bride. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Thank you for helping us get to the bottom of what happened to a bride in a movie we are not doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) But at some point, I mean, tell us in the Facebook group if you have seen it, if you want to do it. Uh, But it is bonkers. And I think it was in the same box set as like this carousel carousel was in the box that i do i do know fair yeah yeah state fair yeah Yeah. we'll definitely do redeeming love because it was that that sounds insane (laughs) i'm here for it i love it all right so i think we sort of did stuff out of order but Paige, what was it like the first time you saw this movie do you remember seeing this movie for the first time yeah I, i was a child uh definitely a child and didn't realize the greater implications of this film and so i found it both very cute and Romantic yes. and fun and liked the Same. colors and the dancing. As an adult <laughs> rewatching this, yeah. I was horrified. And then last night rewatching this, where I had to watch even closer than I normally do, extra horrified. Yeah, yeah. So like for me, I don't remember a time where I hadn't seen this movie. Like mm-hmm. I'm the youngest of my um, my biological parents. Right. I'm the youngest of their four kids. So like it was something that we just watched growing up. Like both my parents are super into musicals and stuff like that my dad was in Oklahoma three times growing up like my sister's been in Oklahoma a couple times yeah Yeah. like I I just remember doing musicals and being in musicals and going to see musicals a lot and so we as a family would come together and watch these movies so I don't remember like a time where I hadn't seen this but I do remember as we watched it later and later in life at like Christmas vacations and stuff like that like as I got into high school I was like holy shit this musical I loved is like terrible to women (laughs) like it's just one of those things like when you're four and you're watching it you're like oh look she's milking a cow and singing that's charming you know like you don't realize that she's like about to marry someone she doesn't know and she does not know because that is her only prospect in life in this horrible part of the world at this horrible time yeah yeah it's one of those things where you're just like oh i didn't realize how sad showboat is (laughs) yeah or carousel but mikey i'm assuming this is the first time you've seen the movie yeah it was and I feel like you hated it's it. It's definitely the last. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mikey, I will say this. Anytime you want to watch it, I will come over and watch it with you. <laughs> Maybe we should just talk about it so we can get it out of your system, Mikey. And you then, didn't even ask me what I felt. You've been very. Okay. So, Mikey, how did you feel about it the first time you saw it? Anger. <laughs> yeah, I figured. It was stupid and bad. Okay. All right. I, I can't disagree with either of those things. <laughs> if you want to sing songs, 
release an album. <laughs> yeah, Mikey doesn't like musicals in general. I mean, they they also do. I own yeah. it. Like their soundtracks. Like you could buy this. I don't know why you would listen to this, but you I could buy it. this and just like jam out to sobbing women while you're driving on the street. But Paige, I feel like you fall into the same camp as I do when I watch this movie. Like I acknowledge that it is terrible. Like the themes are terrible. It is essentially based on a short story about Romans raping women and stealing them and taking them back. The Sabine women. Yes. So like yes. it is based on that short story, right? So like it's not going to be good, but I can acknowledge that it's a terrible movie, but it's also like super funny to me and it's terribleness. Like when I was watching it last night, I was like, holy shit. If this happened now, there would be a Netflix documentary. About this could it. never happen no, now. This that, would like, never that, happen. That's the yeah. funny for me, that's the funny part of it is this is a movie that exists only within its time because yes. they will remake every other musical around it and never touch this one. No, <laughs> no one's remaking this movie. And they should not, right? They should never. I think if you take the kidnapping out, you might be able to make a movie if you change the whole thing. I, that's the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you'd have to change it like completely, like fundamentally change it at its core. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, at its core, it's seven brothers looking for seven women. Well, yeah, but a serious plot point is they're kidnapping and being trapped at their cabin for six months. Or more, because yeah. the, the math in this movie is bad. But Mikey. Yeah, it is. Mikey, because you went into this blind and, and you had never seen this before, how did you feel when you realized they were just going to kidnap them? I think it was when they were all in the wagon crying that I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> when they literally use the pleas of the women, like crying out to their their kinfolk to cause an avalanche that traps them there for six months. Yeah. It's, I thought it was yeah. just the terrible. Guns. I thought the guns did it. The pleas were just like, oh, they're really scaring us because they have guns too. And they're firing off guns close to us. Yeah. No, it's a terrible movie. But I also sort of love it. Like, it's one of those things that I'm so glad it exists, but I don't think we should ever remake it now. And unless you're like a Republican or in the majority on the Supreme Court, you can see that this is terrible towards women. I didn't like Adam at all. No, Adam's a terrible yeah, person and a terrible a character. Yeah. He is horrible. And at a certain point, you kind of hope that he dies up at that hunting cabin. <laughs> and then the, se the, the shit he says when he comes back doesn't make it better. No. I was thinking, if it was my daughter, I probably wouldn't want her kidnapped. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> He's reformed. Look at him. Yeah. Oh my. It's almost like women are a people. <laughs> like, it's too fucking late now. If the whole town wants to hang you, they should have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they would have. <laughs> they 100% would have. The town folk who, like, are going to kill all of the Ponape brothers, like, are the only ones in the right <laughs> in this yeah, movie. Yeah, to be honest. It's of, terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible movie. You know what a better movie would have been? Is if the town pooled all their money and hired Clint Eastwood to go murder all of the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch the fuck out of that. I would too. I would 100% like the, the watch The movie that. proceeds completely as normal. All the songs, everything is the same. But at the end, instead of the townsfolk, it's just Clint Eastwood, but like old <laughs> timey 80s Clint yeah. Eastwood mm -hmm. yeah like before he got old and started yelling at chairs like the old Clint Eastwood <laughs> we have to add one song where Clint Eastwood sings about killing the Ponape brothers like paint your wagon <laughs> paint your wagon red <laughs> <laughs>
page. That's what we're going to call it. With your blood. But let's get into the movie. Let's just talk about it scene by scene. I honestly don't feel like this movie is going to take a long time to talk about because the majority of it is like songs. It's it's not long and nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, So, but interesting note this movie opens with an overture as most musicals do yeah um but something interesting about this movie is that over the credits you see him going to town yes. so you see his movement from the farm to the town so stuff's actually happening in the yeah. credits super rare it's just it's honestly i feel like this is where the shining got the idea for their opening credit scene <laughs> and i think it's about time we acknowledged the greatness that is seven brides for seven brothers oh my god wait head cannon okay they end up trapped in that cabin. I know in the snow it is very shining like. Like if Shining was a kidnap rom com, which is this movie. <laughs> like if Millie went snow crazy yeah. and killed all the brothers in the barn. I mean, yeah. also kind of here for that. <laughs> they could have poisoned them. She could have. They would have never known. They just eat everything she hands them. Anyway, <laughs> we get a title card that says Oregon Territory 1850. Uh, and we watch as Adam rides onto the Universal backlot. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is clearly just three buildings in a backdrop. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's great. And he starts out in the general store where he's trading beaver skins. And the fact that he was trading beaver skins while looking for a wife made me laugh a lot. I thought it was funny. But that was one of those things I didn't realize as a kid that when I watched it last night, I was like, oh, that's fucking funny. I brought some beaver to get some beaver. Um, How much beaver skins for a woman? I mean, he pretty much says that. He literally says. He does say it. Like they they trade him $60 and he's like, cool, I'll take it and trade. Give me 25 pounds of chewing tobacco and these other things, like a new plow, these other things he needs for the farm. He's like, and I'll take a wife if you got one behind the counter. Who the fuck has a wife behind the counter? I want to talk about the economy. The economy? Uh-huh. This is way before Reaganomics destroyed our economy, Mikey. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, beavers, beaver fur is worth a lot. Like, the beaver skin is worth a lot for, like, I was like, 25 pounds of tobacco. That's like a luxury yeah. item already. I, I was thinking about that, too, because they definitely weren't growing it in Oregon, so that would have right. been imported. Yeah, they were growing beaver pelts in Oregon. <laughs> yeah, you could pick them fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like the Ponape brothers are sort of, not rich, but, like, they're doing fine, you know? They have a lot of, like, that they have enough manpower no, he only to only had like, 18 beaver furs right no he he had uh, a certain amount of poundage of beaver yeah. furs we don't know exactly how uh, many pelts i think he had six pounds of beaver fur and they gave him ten dollars per pound something like that's that. that's not a lot yeah. of, of pounds you know well, ten dollars is a ton back then that's yeah. a lot of well, money that's what i'm saying but like also like you got seven fucking dudes and like there should be a lot more shit you're trading in when you're coming to town yeah that's actually kind of true although we do establish that the town is only 12 miles away yeah which as a kid i thought it was Arthur. And then I'm like watching it this time. I was like, oh, they could go back and forth during the day, like any day. Like this isn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. They just choose not to because <laughs> right. It's basically making a murderer. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I, okay. A little bit. So let me say this. I did look up how long it would take to take uh, like a horse and carriage to go about 12 miles. And it takes yeah. a little over two hours. That A lot of that is dependent upon the quality of the road slash trail you're yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. That's really not as long as I was thinking. It's not yeah, that bad, I, right? I was actually thinking it took way longer. Yeah, it's not that bad. But... If you obviously if you're snowed in because the only pass is like avalanche, right, to, right, you're going right. to be stuck there. Like I get that part of it. And I also looked up because I'm this guy, the inflation amount between, you know, 1950s and today. So like $10 okay. 
You mean 1850? Yeah, sorry, yeah. 1850 would be about $370 today. So the $60 they're going to give him for the six pounds of beaver pelt would be about $2,200 today. So that makes sense in my mind because, like, in my brain, it was like the equivalent of like a month's rent and some change yeah. that he was turning in in beaver pelts. And we do know that they get other pelts for other stuff too because that's why the, they have the track trapping cabin um and we know if you kind of watch through the the farmhouse as they walk through they've got like barrels of corn and grain and other things so they're growing a lot of stuff there and they must have credit at that store because at least once millie just rolls up and is like i'll take this and this and this and this and this and she doesn't have any pelts she's just like give us this stuff so they must have like a running line of credit or something on, you know, file at that store. Okay, okay, okay. I've been researching while we're talking. Okay. Fantastic. In 1733. Okay. okay. In Fort Albany <laughs> in Canada. Okay. Yes. One beaver pelt could buy either of the following. Okay. One brass kettle. Okay. One and a half pounds of gunpowder. Okay. One pair of shoes. Okay. Two shirts, a blanket, eight knives, two pounds of sugar, <laughs> or a gallon of brandy. I like I like that it's eight knives like the guys late at night who were like, you can have seven of these flying, screaming eagle <laughs> knives. And you can cut these boots in half that you could also buy <laughs> with the beaver pelt. That makes more sense. Like one pelt could buy one of those things. And Mikey, upon further research, a beaver pelt is about a half a pound. So if you have six pounds of beaver pelts, it's around 12 pelts. So I'm just saying the movie may have got that wrong. He could have came in with a, a wagon loaded with pelts because that's what fur traders did back then. Well, yeah, like hundreds of pounds. Yeah, no, that, you are absolutely right. And I'm not going to hold this movie to facts because they couldn't even handle women being people. Today, a beaver pelt is worth $25. Okay. <laughs> Demand is not as high as it was back then. They were used for a lot of different things back, back in the day. The, the beaver market took a dive. Yeah, it did. Well, because you can get all that online now for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> at only first. <laughs> oh, oh, I love everything about this. But I will say, if we're doing this deep a dive on everything in this movie, I'm excited. This is going to be a 12-part series on Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I'm just saying, he sh- why the fuck, like, if you're going to make a movie like this, why would you not load a big-ass wagon full of pelts and be like, I got all this shit from the last year i want to trade it for pounds and pounds and pounds of shit because the town's only two hours away so you're gonna go in every time you want to pick up a new afternoon wife yeah so you would go every <laughs> week instead of the whole time. he says he only goes every six months or whatever he yeah he said well because it's about to be winter yeah. and so he knows that they'll Fucking be snowed asshole. in for five months okay, okay. but the answer for you is budget yeah. the budget of the film okay. <laughs> that is the answer for you now the woman in the general store is the only person in this entire movie that's like, hey, women are people. You can't just buy them because literally yeah. everyone else in the movie is like, I guess you can. Well, the general store owner, he was very progressive and his wife helped him run the store. Yeah, that's true because she, yeah, she's working. I mean, other other women would have worked in stores potentially, probably not on their own. I mean, but- Millie worked. She worked in a fashion. So I, I'm sure that there were other women who like worked in a fashion. Maybe like she is working at her husband's store. So it may be sort of like that sort of like they have a family general store and everyone who is in the family works there sort of thing like mm-hmm. that I didn't have a problem with that I do think my favorite line in this entire movie is said by the woman shop owner and it's when Benjamin punches that guy through the window and she goes my window I don't know why but I laugh every time it's it's very funny my favorite line actually comes up 
literally seconds from now where we are in the film because oh yeah he has them load everything onto his cart and then he proceeds to sing the bless her beautiful heart. second most offensive song in this film wait this is the second what's what's the most offensive song then? oh sobbing women is the most offensive oh that's if you look yeah, at that, the yeah, actual yeah. lyrics that's yeah, the yeah, name yeah. of the song yeah, yeah bless yeah. her beautiful hide yes no sobbing women oh sobbing yes. women yeah Sobbing women, yeah. So, yeah, the second most offensive song in this movie. Uh, but he pauses during the song as he's singing it. And and he is, for if you have not watched the movie, uh, he is listing, he is beggars can't be choosing. He's listing off everything that he thinks he deserves in a wife, just like an asshole on Reddit yeah. or Tinder or yeah. whatever. He's an incel, more or less, but he's a successful incel. We need to talk about the fact that he's probably a virgin later. Anyway, so like he's <laughs> listing off all of his requirements for a wife with, I mean, a farm to offer, but it is a beggars can't be chooser scenario and he's being very choosy. But as he walks down from the store, he sees a woman walking towards him and he just says, howdy. And she goes, howdy, backwoodsman. And I love that line because it's kind of like saying, hi, hillbilly. <laughs> like, What's up, yokel? Another like, funny part during this song is when he's like talking to that woman during the song and he's like, it's a fine day to get married. And she's like, it yes. is. And then the other guy behind him is like, well, how about that? And like he then proposes to the woman he was talking to like he was not like I, I needed a whole story arc for that couple. Like she had been trying to get him to propose forever. Yeah. And then the second Adam's like, exactly. Ask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The second someone else asks, then that guy's like, oh, shit, I better get in there. <laughs> I, yeah, I just love in this movie anytime anyone just says howdy backwoodsman like yeah. as if that's a proper way to greet someone. Yeah. It, it is that very makes funny. Me laugh every but time. he is walking down the street singing to these women's faces why they're not good enough for him. And that is bonkers. Or as I call it, the good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mikey walking to the street like uh, pretty and slim, but kind of trim. Heavenly eyes. But, but oh, oh that size. <laughs> Which, by the way, that woman's solidly like a, a 12 at best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah the the, the, woman the was one super that was skinny. too skinny and the one that was too fat, quote unquote, they're actually pretty close to the same yeah, size. They're like d two dress <laughs> sizes different. Yeah, I'm just going to walk up to women in public and be like, uh, swipe left, swipe left, uh, swipe <laughs> yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This really honestly is the 1850s version of Tinder. Yeah, it is. Oof. It's really hard to underestimate and under say how awful it was for women and still is. Oh, yeah, Mikey. <laughs> yeah. And some people in the country are trying to bring us back to this. Yeah. Well, when that happens, at least I'll be able to go to town and kidnap a wife. <laughs> how many beaver pelts do you think I'm worth? Girl, I prefer no beaver pelt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I walked right oh, into Mikey. it. I love it. Also, Paige, this song, Bless Her Beautiful Hide, he's like offering incentives to these women. And the biggest incentive is I'd pay your way through cooking school. Cooking school. And oh, my if God, it's, you it's so funny. Like this song is so bonkers offensive you just sort of have to laugh at it well yeah and at one point he also says i'd swap my gun and i'd swap my mule but whoever took, took it would, would be, be one, one big, big fool. fool which means he has like nothing to offer except yeah. paying someone's way through cooking school which would not have been inexpensive at the time but that's like buying your wife a vacuum for christmas like <laughs> yeah. you're the one who's gonna benefit from that it's not like she's like hey i want to be a chef 
can you send me to cooking school? She's not Julia Childs. Yeah, exactly. Do they still have like cooking classes like that? Oh, like yeah. not like like a series that like really teaches you stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they did. Yeah. The company I worked for used to have them. We would have stores with test kitchens in the back and we would have have uh, cooking classes. I took a cooking class at a Sur La Table, Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. You, you kind of have like two options for cooking classes where you can go to an actual cooking school and like take culinary classes. Or you can be kidnapped from a town in the 1850s and be exactly. forced to cook for seven <laughs> grown ass men who could do it themselves when they're too fucking lazy. And learn on the job. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, Or you could go to like a Sur La Table or a Williams-Sonoma or there's, there's a handful of other companies that do it where you usually go and there's like a menu and you learn how to make like four or five things. That's what I want. I need something like that. I don't think I can go to real cooking school. I need to go to cooking community college. That's Sur La Table. <laughs> Sur La Table is cooking community Community Mikey, college. I will take cooking classes with you. That would be fun. It's a good place to meet people, Mikey, actually. It, is. Like, it really to is. To be honest. That's one of the reasons I would do it with you. Yeah, I would go. We used to do dating events there where it was like all singles. I don't know if they still do that, but we used to for a while. Anyway, so he eventually does, after ruling out every woman in town, oh shit, when he's in the general store and like those four girls come in. Yes. And he like... Checks him out and he's like He's leering oh, he, he is, is leering. leering at them And then he's like I'm in town to find a wife I'll keep you ladies in mind But I'm not going to decide Until I've seen all of the ladies in town It is a bonkers levels of beggars being choosers And I am here for the crazy it in this movie It is crazy there's, no, there's nothing wrong with seeing every girl in town first <laughs> I know but every one of those four women are beautiful Like he could have done much much worse Well I would also say that none of them were offering That That's oh, my problem no. with it more Is that he's like I'll keep you in mind And they're like what? We didn't I wasn't part of this at all Yeah but I mean I don't I do feel like the 1850s had a very tenuous relationship with consent I mean this movie has a very tenuous relationship with consent <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say the so, 1950s had a very tenuous yeah, relationship with... you know, slavery was still going on. So, yeah, uh, yeah for another, like, 12 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he finishes his song because he sees Millie and he sees her chopping styrofoam logs and uh, then carrying them in and then punching a guy and he's like, perfect. Violence. That's what I need in my home. Um, <laughs> and he ends it with the... And sassy as can be. I love the sassy as can be. I love it so much. It's so funny. It's so crazy. And this movie, I think this movie knows how crazy it is because sometimes it does things to try and make it less crazy and it does not work. It only makes it crazier. Swing and a miss. <laughs> swing and a miss because she then, yeah. he goes inside to taste her cooking to basically test if she's adequate to serve him as a wife. When he's talking to the guy who owns that like restaurant or whatever boarding house thing that they're at, like he's like, do you see anything you like? And he's like, I don't know. I have to sample that cooking first. I was like, holy shit. This is so bonkers offensive. And he does. He sits down and Millie is so awestruck with this backwoodsman's beauty that she spills like stew on the dude's lap she was serving. Oh, my God. The movie tries to make it like she is in love with him at first sight. Yeah, love at I'm first like, sight. They talk about it. They say love at first sight a few times. It's because Millie has... A terrible life. Yeah. <laughs> but also, can you imagine how early I would have been married if it was just based on cooking skills? Paige, you would have been married at 16 in 1850. <laughs> they were like, what's the earliest we can legally do this? Yeah. That's what all women were married as back then, Paige. I know. <laughs> 
See here, and it, but you would have been terrible fought over because they'd be like cream brulee. Mm. <laughs> Wait, you can make cheese? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Everyone had to make cheese back in this day, back in this time. Yeah, and I watch homesteading channels and how they used to make stirred curd farmhouse cheddars. Anyway, <laughs> so she is awestruck by him. She pours soup in his lap. I will say. They definitely, casting-wise, he is the most attractive man there. Sure. Just physically. Yeah. And 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 the brothers are, at least half of them, three of them, uh, the brothers are more attractive <laughs> than almost all of the townsmen, yes. except for the ones who can really dance. Yeah. And clearly those were the criteria. But he sits down to eat. She spoons out stew, and he, he asks if she has any ketchup, which of course prompted me to find out when ketchup was invented. I'm sure you were waiting to see if I had thought about that. No, too bad. You get to find out anyway. Did you look it up? Absolutely. I love it. The first known published tomato ketchup recipe uh, was in 1812. What? Yeah, 1812 by a scientist and horticulturist <laughs> named yeah. James Meese. And he referred to tomatoes as love apples. Oh, You're welcome. I agree with that. I prefer ketchup to tomatoes, so I'm I'm here for it. I love ketchup. I like same. I prefer tomatoes to apples. I honestly, Mikey, same. Uh, as far as cooking applications, yeah. I can slice a tomato and put like salt and pepper on it, and I eat that. And I like that way better than eating an apple. Oh, I couldn't see, do that. Uh, no, see, I like eating apples. Yeah, I can't eat either, honestly. Like just by themselves, but like in things, I prefer tomatoes to apples. Hmm. Now, his original recipe included tomato pulp and spices and then brandy so it was just like boozy tomato puree Holy and it shit. didn't include like modern recipes usually include both vinegar and sugar yeah um that have they have different purposes within the recipe or whatever but yeah his version was just like liquored up that's awesome which uh, it sounds kind of gross just taste wise but i mean it was 1812 i bet everything you ate was kind of gross yeah if if you want to know watch tasting history with max miller on youtube <laughs> and you'll be like damn a lot of shit in history tasted bad yeah <laughs> anyway he approaches her outside after she's done serving up food yeah while she's milking a cow yeah while she's milking a cow uh, because apparently she's the only one who does anything around this place. <laughs> yeah. But he's just like, my name is Adam and I've got a farm and I've got land and I've got all this stuff, but I don't have a woman. How about it? Yeah. And she's just like, what? And he's like, how about marrying me? And she's milking a cow, thinking about how terrible her life is now and is like, well, it can't be worse than this. Right. And so she agrees to marry him and she was wrong. She was wrong because she doesn't have the full information. Like, I I do he feel lies like, to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, at least through omission. Like, he doesn't overtly say he doesn't have brothers or they live alone or whatever. But, like, he needed to tell her that. Well, because she, later in her song, when she... Oh, yeah. Once they get on the road, she basically is like, it'll be so nice to cook for one man. And he's like, yeah, one man. Yeah, that's what I mean by, like, lying through omission. Like, he absolutely should have told her before they get married, right? Right. But does right. not. Does not. Because <laughs> he's a monster. 
<laughs> doesn't and, and he does tell her that uh, if she says no, it'll be five months before he comes back that way because it's about to be winter. Yeah, he's like, if we lived back east where like they're more industrialized or whatever, uh, you know, I'd court you this way. And he like paints this sort yeah. of nice picture of like dating somebody in like the 1850s. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, but that's just not the way we do it out here. Everything has to be quicker. And you're not going to make me wait five months for your pride, are you? I was like, holy <laughs> shit. That is an amazing level of gaslighting that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I've had the same talk, but it wasn't about marriage. <laughs> it was about the benefits of marriage, right, Mikey? <laughs> no, not the financial stability. You're not going to make me wait five months to pay for this milk. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, Paige. Anyway, but that gives us some insight into how bad the math in this movie is. What did Milken Hands do? A lot. Oh, she knew what she was doing and he like, was here for it. He was like, oh, hell yeah. If she can milk like that, she ain't never going to get pregnant. <laughs> oh, no, except you're wrong. But he lays it out as five months, which means that from wherever, whatever time this is, because we don't know what time of year this is, we have to assume from the rest of the movie that it is roughly September or October. Yeah. Because it starts to snow in November. They actually sing about it later on. So I assumed it was yeah. like September or October. Right. Because there is like the barn raising. Right. And that's about a month away. So I was thinking September. But yeah. And, and that's kind of what I uh, what I have in my brain, because even then the math barely works out. Right. And, and the math for other things doesn't work out at all. But they very kind of conveniently are just like, I don't know, it's not wintertime, but it's about to be wintertime. And like, yeah, that's kind of how they dance around it. So she says, yes, he goes and shaves off his beard, which is kind of a bummer because he looks better with the beard, I thought. <laughs> and maybe that's just me being biased. I love that he keeps the mustache because that mustache is like you would report that person to the police if they were in your neighborhood. That's some like, Pirates yeah. of Penzance ass mustache. Fuck, I <laughs> love Gilbert and Sullivan and I I love Pirates of Penzance and I badly want to make you guys do it, but I won't. No, I won't. But that'll be bad. There's no song funnier than with Cat Like Tread, and I'll go on the record saying that. You have many times I love already. It. I love it so much. So he shaves down to just his crazy mustache and yeah. asks someone there, he's like, Where's the preacher's house? And they're like, Next to the church, idiot. <laughs> like, where it always is. Have you never been to a town? Have you not seen Sinister 2? You know where it is, you <laughs> idiot. You know where it is. Also in any town at this time, that's where it would have yeah, been. Yeah, absolutely. But that also, I I think headcanon is Millie's house. Oh, no, she does live there. That's why. And that's why she knows Alice. Yeah, Yeah, because of the trauma. Yeah, yeah, because she is. <laughs> At minimum, an orphan. Yeah, but like she is an orphan who lives with a preacher and he's always like, you need to get married and move out. Yeah. Because that's essentially, we cut to from him at the barber or wherever he was shaving himself to the preacher's house and they're having that conversation because the preacher's like, there are plenty of men in town that you could marry. Yeah, he's like, I don't even know this dude. Yeah, and then Millie's like, yeah, but I've been through all of the men in town and I would say (laughs) that I would marry them and then I would like, regret it and then i would get out of that engagement and i was like okay that's a bonkers way about deciding whether you want to marry someone or not but like whatever people were gonna stop asking at a certain point because they're gonna right? be like but millie is the victim here and i don't want a victim blame <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. like oh yeah it's stockholm the whole the whole thing is yeah yes. the whole thing is like her parents were like killed by bears and she was like you know, sex trafficked, and then she finally escaped and now cooks for men and, and lives at the church. And that's not always great. It's not always great. <laughs> Perhaps we should move on from 
what I think is the first kidnapping of this movie, the marriage yes. between Millie and Adam. Yes. It's the least problematic kidnapping. It is, but still should be illegal. Yeah, still pretty problematic. Yeah. It would be a Tinder swindler style documentary <laughs> if it was modern Holy day. shit. I absolutely want someone to recut clips He's of this. He's the Cinder swindler. <laughs> he had 16 beaver pelts. That's like $2,200. And guys. she had one and that was good enough for him. Yeah. He <laughs> traded 16 beaver pelts for one and he made out like a bandit. Yep. <laughs> they ride off into the sunset to the farm, which by the way, this has all been the same day. Yeah. But like all the men in the town, like this turns the men in the town against that family. I love when they're pulling out and that guy like waves at Millie with both of his hands for some reason, which is wild. And then the other one goes. Like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> it does look like Kermit the Frog freaking out. Yes. And then that guy who was waving is like, where's Millie going? And then the other guy goes, she married one of them Ponape brothers. I never liked them brothers. Now I know why. And it why? makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's basically like, it it's the, they took our jobs, but it's just our, they took our women. Yeah. And Millie's the first to go because they felt some sort of ownership over her, even though she is a person with her own wants, needs, and opinions. Right. But no one cares about that. But you know, he, but Adam offered to put her through cooking school so she couldn't turn down that offer. Hey, cooking school is the second place, <laughs> the second best place a woman could be in 1850. <laughs> Did you, did you know that this movie passes the Bechtel test? Yes. I, okay. So I did look up some stuff and I, I was shocked to find that out. But yes, I did know that. Uh, it passes it within the first couple minutes when the girls come in and they're like, Hi, miss, can we have any like odds and ends for a quilt and bee? That is when it passes the test. But remember, the Bechtel test is the lowest bar. Lowest bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like something you should aspire to. It's something every movie should do by default. Yes. So we cut to the, as we found out, two-hour drive yeah. from town to the farm uh, done with some real rough rear projection work. Fuck, oh, I yeah. love it so much. It's so great. The only one that I think might be worse than this is Singing in the Rain, which is the same studio just a few years apart. Yeah. Uh, where they're in the car, the here we are, Sunset and Camden. And yes. it's just like going behind the windows of the car. Yes. So she basically is going through all of her belongings that she brought because she brought a bag. She came with a bag address that's it i mean she was an orphan i mean yeah it, she had a very sad life she would have had to have a very sad life to agree to the situation at all yes even under the best case situation where she thinks it's just going to be adam and her on their like 70 acres of farm you know which to be honest could still go bad she still lives at the town like she knows that he has brothers no, Not I don't think so. Not necessarily, because the brothers never go to town. She takes them to town for like the first time. Yeah, and also like they seem like they don't really know Adam or the Ponape brothers, just that they exist. I don't know how much Millie would know about all that. Well, especially if he's only in town a couple times a year, and we also don't know how long Millie's been in town. True, and she even says she didn't know about them, so we know she doesn't know. Right, but even best case scenario, where it's just a backwoodsman and it's just the two of them in the woods, 50-50, he's either wildly abusive yeah, or maybe just mildly abusive because it's a horrible time to be a woman. Yeah. Anyway, in her bag are seeds that her mom wanted to plant out here because her mom has died and books that her father left her. So she has like three books, a couple seed packets and address. 
And he basically is like, that's great. Uh, there, I've got extra dresses at the house because my mom had a bunch of dresses and you can have those and tailor them however you want. Um, and she's like, well, thank you. We killed you. her. We killed my mother. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm just realizing that the other book that she has that is not the Bible Plutarch. Is, is Plutarch. And that's where Adam gets the idea to go kidnap them. Yeah, so he has the book me. in that scene. Yeah, yeah. So follow me on this. Uh-huh. The kidnapping of the women is actually Millie's fault. No. <laughs> He tries to accuse her of it. He's like, you gave me the ideas. And I'm just like, no. It is wild. This movie's so insane. Anyway, they go through the pass. And this is where he first introduces the idea of we have to be quiet through the pass in the winter because of avalanches. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, we could get snowed in if we're not careful. And this is where she's like, I can stand some loneliness after the end. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. loneliness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but this is where he should have. I mean, he should have told her before they got married. But she is like, I think about cooking and cleaning for just one man. Because her situation, she was cooking and cleaning for like all the men Multiple. at that boarding house or whatever she was working at It's before. an inn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like... She's like, yeah. oh, it'll be great to only have to do this for one man. It'll be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Starting a family. This is going to be great or whatever. And she absolutely should have right then said, oh, hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah. She Ugh. then launches into the next song of the movie. And and again, and this is one of those. We talked about it when we did White Christmas. Yeah. But these big old sound stages that have a painted backdrop and then fake hills and stuff in front of it. Yeah. And she's like sound of musicking her way around these hills and yes. she's just like ding dong ding ding dong and it's a crazy song yeah because it's just her being like life is going to be amazing now it's a wonderful day and he's just standing there watching her like oh. i mean a hundred percent of this song is adam like oh should i tell her or not like oh. Oh. and then at one point he's like sitting and he's just like oh cute she is still singing hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> um, now the one cool thing because there are not there's not a lot of cool camera work in this movie except for this and a couple other places and I think in part because this was filmed very early in production before a lot of their funding got cut because they have these really cool crane close-ups of her yeah that are kind of like common for the time in musicals but not at this budget level and so it's like kind of a cool look where it like swoops down in close to her face it is which cool is kind of cool looking yeah. um but that's about it as far as this movie and camera work i think the coolest camera work is in i don't know what song it is because like the only thing i know from it is the uh, that song it's called lament yeah yeah something like that but it's like the seven uh, the six brothers who have kidnapped the women are like in the snow like doing chores and stuff and singing about how they're sad because the women won't like talk to them or whatever that is all one shot and they're doing some amazing shit like it's like stomp levels of like percussive work with those axes and stuff in all one take it's so great it, it is one take we'll talk about it when we get there some of it's more impressive than others that's fair yeah I mean some people legit can only act and they're being asked to do things they shouldn't like I do feel bad for Benjamin like in the, the barn raising scene we haven't it, even met Benjamin yet we gotta wait you gotta okay, wait okay, table okay. it let's just yeah we'll table, 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 table. Yeah, we yeah, can yeah. meet Benjamin we're almost there so they get back in the the wagon after their singing break uh they stop to pee get big gulps and sing and then they're back on the road yeah they arrive at the farm and the first one she meets is Caleb and she's just like oh do you live nearby and he's like I live here like what uh then we meet Ephraim Daniel and Benjamin then 
he basically is like, oh, forgot to tell you, uh, <laughs> there's seven of us. Well, because Millie, as she's meeting these brothers that are like popping up out of the woodwork, she's like, oh, do you guys live around here? And I think it's Ephraim, whatever, goes, not round, here. Here. <laughs> like, points yeah. at the house. Like, yeah. Yeah. She goes inside and he's like, there's a chicken so you can make his dinner. And this is where she meets Frank and Gideon. Yeah. And they explain that Gideon's the last one that they went in ABC order of Bible names. And I believe their mother dies giving birth to Gideon. No, no, no. no. It was that the dad died because he got crushed by a tree. I think he got crushed by a tree and then the mom eventually dies. Yeah. And Adam's kind of been raising them ever since. Yeah. Uh, and we also because they're all Bible names, she's like, I've n- I don't remember a Frank in the Bible. And they're like, oh, it's short for frankincense. And he hates his name. So he always gets in fights about it. Yeah, I do love Frank, man. Frank is so bonkers in this movie and I'm here for it. Frank is one of the few dancers. He's one of the three dancing brothers. Yeah. It's uh, Gideon, Frankincense, and Caleb can dance. And even Gideon is not like an amazing dancer. Gideon's actually like a tumbler. An acrobat. Yeah, he's like he's 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 an acrobat. But he can dance too. He's fine. He's passable. He's passable. And then Dan and Ephraim can do the like dances like if they're dancing with a girl like yes dancey dance or they can occasionally hop in on a group dance with the brothers and then benjamin just stands there looking hot like 1950s classic hot i love it it's so great like if you watch him in any dance sequence he's usually like just in the back in a bright orange shirt so he you can't, can't even clap him. on beat it's the funniest thing in the world <laughs> it's so great there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> I mean, there but is. Mikey, I realize that you can't clap on beat, I guess is what you're implying, but you're not being asked to be in a musical. Well, and, and also, so Benjamin also has almost all the lines. So he has more lines than any brother, but he can't sing or dance. Yeah, well, I think they hired him because he was a good actor. No, he wasn't. And I'll talk about oh, it oh, in Jesus. Fun Facts because okay. he was not an actor before this movie. Wow, okay. But if you were a person who grew up watching this movie, as, as many people are. Yes. Go back and rewatch it as an adult, A, for the horrifying misogyny, but also B, <laughs> just watch Benjamin in the background of every scene because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's great. How much he's just kind of standing there and clapping off beat. Yeah. It's really great. It's wonderful. Anyway, the house is a nightmare and it's it's all like fake break walls because they're just constantly fighting through the house. Well, and Frank and one of the other brothers start fighting in this scene because the other brother reveals that Frank's name is actually Frankincense. Right. And so as they're like showing Millie the rest of the house and the kitchen and stuff and like what would be a horribly traumatic experience for her because she realizes yes. that she is now sort of in Trapped. prison. Yeah. <laughs> like th- there's also like these two guys who are fighting around her and it's like insane. Yeah. Uh, and so she is introduced to the kitchen and is like, there's this shot of her being like, oh, my God. It reminded me of Overboard, where yeah. they're like, you get to do dinner now. And she's just like, what? It's that. Except Millie then just like rolls up her sleeve. And she's like, well, I'm going to do it. And in the movie, it's portrayed as like, look at her being industrious. And I'm just like, no, she's a prisoner. Yeah, she's trapped. And those guys, they look at her like they've never seen a woman. They're like, is that your wife? I mean, they probably they do, haven't They really do say seen that women. they have not yeah. seen very many women. Yeah, they, it is a line in the movie. Yeah. It made me fear for her safety. Yes. Uh, I think there is a much darker Hills Have Eyes version of this movie somewhere. Oh, that's, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, But so she makes them like a whole dinner, rings the dinner bell, and they just like immediately descend upon the food. And it's just like, she doesn't even get to eat. It's just gone. (sighs) Dude, the the brothers who like legit climb over the table, like 
Yeah. I don't know why, but that makes me laugh every time. Like, there's food on the table, and they're just like yeah. running over the table to sit down and eat. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and she gets mad, so she flips the table, yeah. which I was like, go for you. If you're yes. going to eat like hogs, then you're going to do whatever <laughs> like hogs or whatever. Or if yeah. you're going like to act like hogs, you're going to eat like hogs. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes and locks herself in the bedroom to cry. Understandable. Yes. Absolutely. Team Millie on this one. Oh, the whole movie, really? No. <laughs> what? Not Team Millie the whole movie. Wait, when are you not Team yeah. Millie? Well, hang on. When she starts enabling the kidnapping. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, right. I, I feel that. Yeah. All right. That's anyway. fair. Yeah, okay. She pretty much kidnapped those girls, too. They were like her slaves. No, because she wanted them to take them back, but they couldn't because of the past. Yeah. Yeah, but then she kind of made pretty good deal for herself there. Well, once she got a reveal she's pregnant, they do sort of start to help her with her chores. But I feel like that's voluntary. I feel like the girls voluntarily did that because they know Millie. They've known her for a long time. The key to a good a manipulation is that you, you feel like it's voluntary. So, so what you're saying is she's not really pregnant. She's just like, did she look three months pregnant to you, Todd? No, at no point in the no. movie did they allow anyone to be fat. She looks like <laughs> her waist is like 18 inches around. Like it is yeah. insanely small. She didn't even look like she ate a hamburger, yeah. much less had a baby in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at this point in the movie, so this is her first night there. So yeah. she started out this morning being like, good morning, it's a normal day, and has ended it with a, a cabin full of strangers. <laughs> that is a wild arc for one day. She wakes up single one and day. looking. She ends it married and having to take care of seven grown-ass men. I've never had a day that wild. No. Not, not even close. No. But this is a part of the movie that, as a kid was completely lost on me. Yeah. And as an adult is horrifying because literally all of the brothers are sitting downstairs waiting for Adam to go upstairs so they can try and listen in. This is the like old timey. It's wedding night. Yeah. yeah. We are going to have a circle jerk while our brother has sex with his wife. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's probably Adam's first time having sex. Now, it, it may be. Oh, I don't think so. I think he's definitely sexually assaulted something or someone ah! before. I mean, with a human woman. Well, okay, here, here's my <laughs> here's my theory. I, I think it very well could be. I And I do think the movie kind of establishes that. He's very transactional. Yeah. So he may have been able to have Make a some transactions, transactions before. Yeah. That very well could be, yes. Uh, because we don't see that there are sex workers in the town, but there very well could be and he does travel for trapping and, and stuff and so i think it's very possible that yes he may have had a transactional experience prior to this one um that has maybe shaped his view of women in a bad way because he's been isolated from society yeah but he basically is like y'all go to bed I'm about to go get laid yep. and then goes in there and Millie's like, no, because you lied to me. Yeah. And I really wanted her to hold her ground on this one. Dude, when she like is rocking in that chair yeah. and you can just tell like she's pissed and she should be pissed. Yes. You want a hide woman, not a wife. And I was like, yes, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, she's like, listen, I'll work alongside you, but I ain't gonna sleep alongside you because that's not what a hired woman would do. He does try to like sweet talk her. He's like, Sure, I wanted you to do all the chores, but also you're pretty. Yeah. And she's just like, get the fuck out. Well, I mean, and he does go sleep or I guess pretend like he's going to go sleep in a tree. Uh, no, there comes his first in his pattern of emotional manipulation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, you're right, Mikey. Yes. I'll just sleep in this tree. And he climbs up the tree knowing that no one's going to let him sleep in a tree. Just like he runs off to the hunting cabin. Every time he gets upset, he runs away like a little pansy. <laughs> 
Mikey's right. And we'll pay you $125 for this assessment. <laughs> but if you adjust for inflation in 1850, your $120 would be like eight it's cents. It's like 18. <laughs> I was going to say 1800 beaver pelts. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I would take a cool fur blanket or whatever. I think that'd be cool. I actually, I always look at fur blankets in old timey movies and think like, yeah, but then I think about how hot it would be. Well, for the winter, page. Well, it doesn't get cold where I live. I mean, it does, but not that cold. Well, it's your people in California who made beaver pelt prices go way down. <laughs> We've been removing beaver pelts since the late 70s. <laughs> Mikey, just so you know, if you ever have to go back in time to 1850, $3.25 is about $120.46 today. So like, that's how much they would pay you for therapy is $3.25 an hour. That's pretty much how much they pay me now since I work in a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, insurance. <laughs> anyway, so Adam is stuck in a tree. Yeah, uh, he's stuck in a tree and she is second guessing her choice to make him go out into the tree. And she shouldn't be. She made the right choice initially. She should be second guessing her choice to get married. Yeah, she should just be closing that window and being like, well, good night. And just like <laughs> yeah. going to sleep. Uh, but at this point, Millie does at one point basically be like, silly me, thinking I'd be happy. And I'm like, that's in what? And then sings a whole song about being in love. And I was like, again, you met this morning. Like, and not even before breakfast. You met at lunch. <laughs> I'm so old now that lunch. if I feel butterflies again, this will be my story. I'll be like, well, it's lunchtime. We might as well just fucking get engaged. <laughs> well, I've got a house and a dog that has limbs that move independently of each other. How about it? I went to pick my dog up from the boarding and, I, and the girl was like, no, I'm so sad she's leaving. She's an <laughs> angel. <laughs> Mikey, they say that to every owner. No, she's like, I have so many pictures of Macy on my phone. Let me show you. And it's like her and Macy like playing. <laughs> and you're stuff. like, do you I'm want like, her? I'm like, you stupid. Mikey, was she single? I mean, if you can find a woman that was like the Macy Whisperer, that's probably the best case scenario for she you. She seemed a lot younger. And then she already told me she owns like four dogs. And I've learned from some people that I'm friends with that a lot of pets may cause some <laughs> turbulence in a relationship. I don't know who that friend could be because I love all the animals that live here. <laughs> Even the one that pisses on all your shit. Oh, that is the one where like, you know how like, like when Pupcake died here recently, like there were some silver linings that come along with a, a dog that it's like clinically sick passing. Like it's sort of like you are in this caretaker vibe for like six months, eight months. No, no, I months. get it. I had grandparents. Yeah. So it's sort of, sort of like that. I, I'd imagine grandparents are worse, whatever. But like when Peaches dies, the silver lining will be. I won't have to like clean up piss off of the floor all the time. But I love Peaches. She's actually one of my favorite cats. If there was an animal constantly pissing on the floor, that animal would be an outside animal. You have to have boundaries. I just love Peaches. The first time I pick up a shirt and it smells like cat piss, the cat's dying and we got an extra beaver pelt. <laughs> I mean, un unfortunately, if you own a cat, chances are at some point yeah. you will pick up some piece of clothing that smells like cat piss. The good news is there's detergent to get rid of that smell yes yeah and and we have that yeah so yeah. anyway i will not be pursuing a relationship with her because he hasn't tasted her cooking yet <laughs> i haven't tasted her cooking oh my god have you seen how she can milk a cow mikey have you seen how she can milk a dog <laughs> oh bless your beautiful dog the milk test usually comes on the third day <laughs> <laughs> 
Mikey breaks out the massage table, but the cutout for your head is way lower, Paige. It's <laughs> <laughs> just two cutouts at chest level. And you're like, I don't think you understand how ladies work or just people with boobs, I guess. As one of the men on this podcast, we don't, Paige, we don't understand how ladies work. No one in this movie does either. That's because everyone who wrote the movie was either misogynistic or gay. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, the other thing, too, all, all the characters in this movie are learning about sex either just word of mouth from friends yes. who have also only learned about it word of mouth or from watching Barnyard Animals. <laughs> oh, you mean like the South. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't believe in sex education. Well, it's, yeah, it's like that Outlander episode where he's like, I didn't realize you did it from the front. And you're just like, oh, you sweet, beautiful dummy. That's what I call Mikey. I ain't that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. No, you are not. The one thing I know about Mikey is he knows how to split sectionals. You know what I'm saying, ladies? Oh, my God. Wasn't oh Sean's couch a sectional? A sectional. A sectional. Oh, boy. So she has Adam climb back through the window into the bedroom. And as he does, he kind of falls on the bed and it falls apart. And all the brothers outside are like, yeah, rape. Like, they're like super <laughs> he excited. He the bed until it broke. Hey, I've done that once. Same. Um, it was terrifying. What kind of bed was it? <laughs> was it an Ikea Malm? <laughs> <laughs> I have some Malm That's furniture. Really That's specific. so funny. Paige. Oh my God. It, it was not, it was an old, old bed that I, it had like been passed oh, okay. down to me that had like slats at the bottom. <laughs> Paige, you Got know, what's it. really funny. I have a Malm bed in my guest room right now. Of course you do. Because everyone that was like born within 10 years of us either currently owns or has owned a Malm uh, to the point where at one point I dated somebody and uh, we, went, we went to like go have dinner at their apartment. And they had all the same bedroom furniture I had. Yeah. And I was like, this is strange. Yeah, this checks out. <laughs> uh, but it's because of the Malm. It's a fine bed. It's not. It fell apart once. <laughs> but, you know. I Okay, so I have also sex tested the Malm and it was fine for me. It did fine. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that the headboard of the Malm is connected to the rest of the bed purely by wooden dowels. It and is. And if you're doing it right... You can detach that headboard from the rest of the bed pretty easy. And you should keep that in mind when purchasing a bed for your sexual needs. My bed is broken. Mikey. But you broke it alone? No, I did not. I broke it in my last relationship. And first ah. the legs broke. The middle, the slat legs in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, that, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the legs on the bed. I was like, Jesus. Then the slats broke. So then like one time we we're intimate. And it just like collapses in on itself and like, like a taco bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were like, I planned this. I wanted to be real close to you. No, it was. We were like, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have had this same experience happen. Now, granted, the difference is I have a, a carpenter husband who then was like, I'm going to get a couple four by fours and put them under and then this. And I was like, good for you, honey. Yeah, I did <laughs> something like that as well. I replaced the slats and like bought legs on it. It doesn't. It's not working great. I need a new bed because I am not a carpenter. If you want to go to IKEA, I can recommend the Malm bed. <laughs> I cannot recommend the Malm. <laughs> but now, Paige, when you fuck Jake, you can be like, "That's the bed of a carpenter." <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you have chosen wisely. Yeah, I would make that joke to Jake so much, and he would hate it. I'd be like, "That's the cup of a carpenter." Yeah, I. I mean, something that happens very frequently in in our house is I'm doing a ridiculous bit because it makes me laugh, and I'm entertaining myself, and he'll just be like, "Can we not right now?" 
Like, I'm, I'm trying to give you the grocery list so that you can make the order. So, Paige, what you just explained to me is I am you in the relationship. <laughs> and Jake is Natalie. Yeah. Because I do shit like that all the time. Like most recently, she had to stop me from saying Bra- Brazil. I, I just Why? I just wouldn't stop saying it. because Bob's Burgers. It's like a thing from Bob's Burgers. But I was playing FIFA and I was playing against Brazil in the World Cup. So every time I stole the ball, I'd be like, suck it, bra- Brazil. And like she just <laughs> lost her mind. She was like, you need to stop right now. I have been holding this in because I know it would annoy Jake and so I've been like I don't know if you know how hard it is for me to hear something crazy and not repeat it a bunch yeah uh, but I don't know if you've watched any of the Eurovision song contest this year I haven't no okay the team from Latvia opened their song with I don't eat meat I eat veggies and pussy and that's the beginning of the song oh god and it makes me laugh so hard. So Latvia won is what you're saying. Like. They did not. <laughs> anyway, I have been trying actively not to scream that at my husband for days. So that song is called Eat Your Salad. Yes, it is. Yeah. So guys, Google it and watch it. Cause wow. All right. Let's leave the world of Latvia and come back to the world of 1850s Oregon. I'm so sad because I want to stay in Latvia all day. Me too. Anyway, uh, we cut to the next morning where Millie has gotten up and she's done all the laundry and has like cooked breakfast. Yeah. And she forces all the brothers to get shaved and cleaned up before they come to breakfast. And like the one funny scene is when Gideon can't get his buttons open. Yes. Well, because she had broken into their room, not broken in, but like gone in there while they were sleeping and collected all of their clothes, except for what they were sleeping in. But she's like, I need your winter underwear because I need to wash that too because you guys smell like shit. And so like they all do give her their winter underwear. But then you see them down at breakfast and they're wearing like blankets. And that's like how she teaches them civility at the table or whatever because they can only use one arm because the other arm has to hold the blanket i thought that was very funny um but she does say and this is true she's like i didn't realize you were also good looking because you were buried under all of the dirt and the beard but she's like why don't you guys ever go to the dances or the corn huskins or the barn raisins basically being like why have you been trapped in this horrible basement for all this time (laughs) like why don't you go outside we only like one thing Hunting beaver. <laughs> Adam doesn't let us go to town. That's basically what it is. Yeah. And I think it's also they're like, well, they don't really like us in town. It's like, but the only way they'd really know that is because of Adam. Although some of the townsmen seem to know their names later. So maybe they've been once or twice. But like clearly Adam is keeping them there because he does not know what to do with them. He is out of his depth. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's something that Mikey can relate to. Like the older brother, not necessarily older brother. It could be the older sister, too. It just happens in this situation to be an older brother. They get left sort of taking care of the younger siblings and they don't know what to do. They have no fucking idea. Right. But I was a cool. I was like, go to what, you know, go to the corn husk. See if I care. Yeah. Make some friends. I'll go with you. I love corn. Yeah, I love corn. I mean, I do love corn. Like that checks out. We're not going to a barn raising. I'm not going to go trick into doing some work. Fuck that. Instead of corn, I eat veggies and pussy. pussy. I'm sorry. Well, corn is a veggie. So like you could eat corn and pussy, Paige. Yeah, but you know what corn has never you been could... described as? Well, maybe. Juicy. Yeah, corn is juicy. I've had some juicy street corn, baby. I don't know that you would juice corn and just drink the, the juice straight. I think that's crazy. Uh, corn juice. Oh, exactly what I needed this morning. Oh, pour it all inside me, Paige. That oh. corn juice. What do you guys think ethanol is? <laughs> I guess ethanol kind of is corn juice, huh? <laughs> corn juice powers 30% of your car. 
Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? <laughs> now I'm just picturing somebody pulling up to a gas station and just like forcing a corn cob into their gas <laughs> tank. <laughs> Sir, that is not how that works. <laughs> Goddamn gas prices. Man, I hate forcing a corn cob into a gas pump. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mikey, I deal. <laughs> yeah, oh my god like, anyway she gets them all cleaned up she feels like she's gotten them kind of civilized yes but she decides to go to town they come with her and she's like just stay here stay sit stay <laughs> and she goes inside with gideon to the general store and the guys in the wagon try to talk to girls but they don't know what to say to them they don't so yeah one of them yeah. jumps out and he's like hey you want to chew a tobacco which i think is ephraim's like only real line in the movie i think so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think it's overdubbed if you watch the scene i think they overdubbed it it is overdubbed and my my favorite is a fight starts immediately between oh, them yeah. and the town's boys. And inside the the store, you don't really hear the line preceding it. Someone in the store says, what's that racket? Yeah. And then Gideon just turns around and says, hey, Millie, it's us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're the ones beating the shit out of the townsfolk. Yeah. Just as they go through the window and ruin the window. Yeah. So we cut back to the cabin and Millie's going to try and teach them how to talk to girls and they're not good at it. But this is where we get the song going court, going court and going court at a fancy ball or minuet. I blacked out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> this basically she teaches them how to dance. Always fun to hunt and shoot a gun and then decide to catch that a rabbit on the run. Yeah. But you'll find it's twice as sporting going court. Yeah. Uh, she's going to take them to a barn raisin. So, my favorite thing about the song Going Courtin is when Millie is like dancing with all the guys, the brothers, but mm -hmm. Gideon keeps getting thrown out so he can't dance with her. And he like yes. just exudes little brother energy when he finally gets in and he's like, ah! And then he like finally gets to dance with her. And, and then dances alone yeah. and just like stumps yeah. around like it a crazy person. Makes me laugh so hard. Because <laughs> I was like, I've been that little brother who gets like thrown out and like they can't, they're not allowed to like play or do whatever. It's very frustrating. And I was like, I get that Gideon. What a surprise that you <laughs> identify with this. I mean, this is the movie where I like fell in love with Russ Tamblin as like an actor slash Tumblr. Like I was like, I want to be Russ Tamblin when I grow up. He doesn't do nearly enough tumbling in Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does any in Twin Peaks. So we cut to the barn raisin where yeah. thankfully the costume designer has put everyone in color-coded costumes yes which is great and you'll see them in them like almost the rest of the movie they're wearing those different shirts either those shirts because they end up in those shirts a couple times or uh they have jackets over them at one yeah. point or even when they're not in those shirts they are in those similar colors because at, from this point on in the movie they're like we got to keep these six guys straight yeah straight air quotes super gay <laughs> but like we got we got to keep it organized yeah so they're being polite they're helping the girls carry things um they're they're saying nice things like you know uh, can you follow me over here? I'd follow you to the ends of the earth. Oh. Like, may I escort you back? Absolutely. Like, they're they're being very genteel. But the townsfolk have noticed. Yes. And they don't like it. And thus begins the infamous barn raisin dance. Yeah. Where frankincense, uh, 
Frankincense, Caleb, and Gideon are your main dancers. They're the ones that cycle through to the front, and they're the ones doing all the tumbling tricks. Yes. Dan and Ephraim are the secondary dancers, cycling through on some of the less difficult tricks and cycling through dancing with women. And then Benjamin is just there to look pretty. Yeah. Literally stands in the back, claps off beat the entire time during this like dance number. Which, and I'll burn a fun fact now. Okay. Dorcas, his girl in the movie. Yeah. Played by Julie Newmar, Catwoman. That's so crazy. I didn't realize that was Catwoman. Catwoman, yeah. A trained dancer. She was hired yeah. for her dancing skills, but she was also the tallest. She is taller than the other girls by like six inches. Yeah. Like, she is noticeably taller. And so they pair her with Benjamin because he is also the tallest. He is the tallest, biggest brother. The only one that's even close to his size is Adam. Yeah. Uh, everyone else is either much thinner or much shorter than him. And so they pair the two of them together. But because he couldn't dance, that means she doesn't really get to dance. Right. So she was hired for her dancing and then they barely get to use it in the movie. Because she's paired with the guy who can't dance. Yeah, the only time you see her dance is when they're having like the girls only like song number about getting married right. in June or whatever. And she does great in that. She's a very good dancer, but like you never see her dance the rest of the movie. Yep. So we go through this whole dance sequence where they're doing like couples dancing and then it moves into the like stunts portion where it's like guys oh. trying to show off for each other. And I love it. We'll cover so much. it in fun facts. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm not going to talk about it now. We'll talk about it in fun facts. But it's basically a who's who of who can do stunts around pieces of wood. Yeah. Show me that list of ladies. <laughs> who can do tricks around pieces of wood none of these ladies all of them have been kept in the dark and it's to their detriment and it's to subjugate them under the patriarchy yeah so the dance is over they're gonna start the barn raising and the prize is a young cow yeah and they're like we could use her on the farm let's try to win her so the brothers all become a team uh and they start raising the barn against a bunch of the other townsfolk they're kind of competing and the townsfolk are actively targeting and hurting them which by the way on a work site is super dangerous oh yeah like osha would have problems but osha did not exist at this point osha did not exist i do think it's wild this scene because like frankincense gets hit in the head with wood like you see it happen like it's a stunt quote unquote but he gets hit in the back of the head uh okay devil's advocate here okay those guys did come and kidnap most of the women in the town later. They haven't kidnapped them yet, They Mikey. haven't done it yet. You want a barn or not? <laughs> Barners can't be choosers, Mikey. <laughs> I'm just saying they know these brothers. The brothers don't come to town. It makes me think that they were warned off. Maybe like, don't come to town because you're a fucking weirdo. Well, I, I think they do mention early in the movie that it's, it's 10 men to every one woman, which is... True. Basically, at this time, there are just not enough women to go around. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's what's driving it is they're like, there's already not a lot of women and you are now creating more competition and you ain't even from here. He doesn't <laughs> even go here. Well, yeah. OK. <laughs> Back in college, if I threw a party and seven dudes just show up without bringing any girls to that party. There's an open hostility at the party against that group. And yes. they're talking about, can they win your baby calf? Yeah. 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 Which they didn't bring any calves with them. No. So like you can't have our calves. They did bring some pies. That's true. I mean, technically, the one woman they brought brought pies. Brought a bunch of pies. <laughs> yeah. They didn't bring shit. 
Anyway, so a fight starts. They ruin the brand new barn. But I mean, like the, the townsfolk are like hitting the Ponopees with hammers, with wood. Like yeah. they drop planks on two brothers and like knock them out. They are being targeted. Yes. The townsfolk have very Mikey at his own house party energy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you're like silently dancing right now and no one can yeah. hear you. We should record these sometimes. Like video? Yeah. I mean, if we could afford like better equipment, we could do that. We should record these Zoom calls, put them on the internet. Boom, money. I don't think you. I mean, there's some truth to that. <laughs> but like, it there's would some, take but the editing so much. Alone. Yeah, yeah. It would take so long to edit them. Well, you guys would have to get better. No edits. Mr. I'm going to go to the bathroom. He leaves and takes a 10 minute shit while he Whoa! orders his groceries. <laughs> you are the reason for most of the edits, Mikey. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> yes. That's not true. Yeah. I just want to go on the record as saying. I have been the consummate professional this entire recording. That's fair. <laughs> this recording. I have had problems in the past. Hey, I talked about Rocky for 30 minutes during the last recording. That, that episode hasn't Rocky. even dropped except for on Patreon. And Patreon people are already calling it the Creep slash Creed episode. <laughs> yes! 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 <laughs> so... Millie's upset, but also she saw that the town folk were being assholes to them. Uh, so we cut to she's at the dinner table treating all of their wounds and she has two of them put stakes on their black eyes. And I was like, wait a second. Like, why did we have people do that back in the day? So I actually went and looked it up because there's no ice. Yeah, because there's no ice. It's the coldness of the steak. Uh, doctors actually really say don't do this now because it can cause infection. You can you can catch things from the raw meat. But at a time when there was no ice, meat tended to stay cold even when it was raw. So that would help. Basically, the cold would help with the inflammation. I guess that makes sense. Now, we cut out to the porch where Gideon is like, I think I might be in love. And Adam's like, oh, let me sing about it. But then as soon as he's done singing about when you're in love, he's like, eh, Women are kind of the same one to another. And Millie's just like, uh, what? Yeah, it's wild because he even like at the very beginning is sort of being sweet. He's like, Millie told me this thing because it's sort of the song she sang to him mm -hmm. when he was in the tree. Right. And he sings right. the song and it's very sweet. And Gideon's like, well, I think I got the beginnings of being in love with Alice, his girl. Right. And he's right. like, well, if you don't get this one, you'll get another one. Don't worry about it. They're pretty much interchangeable. And Millie's like right <laughs> behind him. I was like, oh, God. It's all true. I completely forgotten this part of the movie no, it's Mikey. not all true Mikey yeah. <laughs> I completely forgotten this part of the movie and so when he's singing the song from the tree I was like oh I bet they make that baby tonight and then he's like they're interchangeable I was like nope. already made yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never made babies again <laughs> <laughs> but all the all the boys are sad so we cut to Lament, which is the the Lonesome Polecat song. Yeah. And I'll save my note about it for fun facts because it is very funny to me. But this whole thing is one shot, and that is super, super it impressive is, to me. It's one shot except for Benjamin, who spends almost the entire number standing and sharpening an axe while people dance around. <laughs> yeah, because he can't do anything. Yeah, because he's probably me, where he's like, shut the fuck up. I've got stuff to do. <laughs> I would love a shot for shot remake of this movie where Benjamin is just like pissed every time someone starts singing and dancing. He's like, can <laughs> we just fucking move the hay? Like, I've got chores to do. I don't have time yes! for a six minute dance break. Gideon. <laughs> My favorite also is they do this like thing where they saw through the log yeah. and then they put a thing like they get all the way through that log 
and then they put uh i forget what it's called it's but like, there's a wedge. like a like oh yeah a yeah. wedge in to break the log and i'm like they already sawed through the entire log yeah and i was like if if my extensive research of men chopping wood on tiktok has taught me anything <laughs> is that their form is incorrect <laughs> i mean i have cut wood like with an axe i've done that a lot yeah but i bet you have more experience just watching things on tiktok than i do because you've spent my, hours watching men cut wood shirtless there's a bunch of dudes that do it but there's like one main guy who's like the guy that everybody follows and his name is thor which is great yeah but he posted he he did an interview for a podcast but they're like what do people ask you the most about like your channel and he's like why do you need so much fucking wood and he's like i live in the forest <laughs> like <laughs> do you know how much wood it takes to heat an entire house it's so much wood i have bear problems they're trying to get into the garage and it's just like <laughs> this this guy who's like tiktok famous for shirtless wood shopping is just like it's a real problem <laughs> it's very funny to that me. is very funny they should have greeted him on the podcast with hello backwoodsman <laughs> hi backwoodsman <laughs> The best part about his channel is that all of the replies, like in every video, are either women who are just like, oh my God, split me like that. Log. <laughs> I, know, I was like, they're probably saying, split me uh, in half, uh, wood daddy. Uh, <laughs> you split me, wood daddy. Or there are dudes that are like, I bet it's edited. I bet it's fake. I bet he's not actually chopping that wood. And I'm like, look at him. Also, why would you go through the trouble of faking that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people have faked weirder stuff. I mean, they that's have. fair. And he'll like make reply videos to be like, I'll prove it's not fake. And they'll like chop more wood. And there's a part of me that's like, stop replying to these assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know shit about fuck. They're just sitting in their basements with no logs. Like, don't give them the time of day, Thor. You're better than this. You hear that, guys, who talk shit to this dude? You have tiny dicks. Paige just said it. You have no logs. You have tiny dicks. <laughs> Leave the log man alone. <laughs> That's why I will not get on TikTok. Oh, uh, you don't want to fear, feel inferior about your log? No, there's just a lot of weird drama that I just don't want to get involved in. Do you guys want to quickly watch him chop no, wood? No, okay, we fine. have no, to move Paige. on. No, we okay, have okay. to move on. I don't want to watch porn with you. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is her porn, Mike. Uh, another thing in the scene is the whoosh sounds of the axes yes. where they've clearly been added in after. Oh, yeah. It's almost like a lightsaber. It's really funny. It honestly sounds like someone just went, Whoosh. And they like Whoosh. drop it in. Yeah. We cut after that song to Benjamin shoveling hay in the barn because yeah. he's the only one who gets lines. Yeah. That's his whole job in the movie. And he's talking about leaving. He's like, I can't do it. I'm sick of this snow. Because Millie came up and was like, oh, it's so beautiful here in the winter. And he's like, fuck it. I'm out. I got to get out of here. Well, and I think he's also like, if I don't get out of here, I'm trapped here forever with my brothers. Yeah. And I got a taste of the outside and I got to leave. And there's some truth to that. Like, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And so Millie goes to Adam and is like, look, dude, we have kept them up here this whole time. They need to meet girls. They need to get out. We got to do something. And Adam's idea is to formulate a plan based on the story, the rape of the Sabine women. Yeah. That's the name of the story, by the way. That this movie is based on. <laughs> yes. It's wild. Although that is probably the easiest fun fact to believe after having watched this movie. Yes. And <laughs> thus begins the number one most offensive song in this movie, oh, God. Sobbing Women, which there are huge sections of this song that I, because it's a very catchy song, it and I'll so explain catchy. why in fun it facts. Is. 
it's written by a very famous person and we will get to it in fun facts. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I did not realize that one of the lyrics was every muscle was throbbing, yep. throbbing, yep. throbbing. And I was like, oh my God, what? There's erections in this From song. From that riotous ride. Yeah. And at one point, there's a joke in the song of someday women folk will have rights, yep. but like not today. Yes. And it encourages them to rough them up like the Romans do. Yep. Rough them up like all them Romans do, or else they'll think you're dense. Yes. <laughs> And that they were secretly overjoyed. Yeah, that's what Gideon says. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, with a Roman baby on its knee named Claudius, Claudius and, and Brute. Brute. Yeah. I mean, the song is horrifying, but super catchy and I love it, but it is terrible. Yes. Yeah. Written by a man who also wrote a, a similarly catchy song that we had to feature on cult podcast one time. Oh, no. Because he based it on a cult leader. We will talk about it. Oh, uh, I can't wait. Awesome. Okay. Okay. But this is the song where they amp up and they're like, let's go fucking get these women. <laughs> let's go fucking kidnap and rape these women. <laughs> yeah. So they ride into town and their plan is to kidnap all the girls and kidnap the preacher so he can like marry them. Marry them. Yeah. So... We get a montage of them trying to kidnap all these women. I love it. Um, including Gideon meowing like a cat. Fuck, that's so funny. And uh, dude, I don't know who it is. I think it's Ephraim and one of the other guys. Like there are two girls who are in a house and he's like, oh, your girls are here. So they like the two guys yeah. who match up with those girls are out and there. And then they, they switch because yeah. they get the wrong yeah, ones. The, the yeah. one goes, you've got mine. And then they throw it. The, it's so wild. It's so wild. One of my favorites is, and I don't remember her name, uh, but she goes to set a pie out the window and they just pull her through the window like pie and all. Yes. Oh, it's so funny. I think that's Frank's woman, but I don't remember her name. So they take off. The town folk are following after them. They make it through the path first yeah once they get through the pass they let the girls cry and they shoot guns causing an avalanche closing the pass and that avalanche it's like a miniature it's and so like just, fun. it's like little it, railroad trees <laughs> yeah it's so bad like i love it but it is like bad so they do actually use footage of a real avalanche in addition to the fake miniature stuff that they shoot there clearly is one shot and you know it when you see it where it's clearly a miniature yeah yep oh because because it both over the tree yes. and you can see like the base of the tree yeah <laughs> it's it's real bad yeah so they get back to the farm and all the girls are crying and millie comes out and is like what the fuck did you do and he's like exactly what you told me to yeah. bitch and she's like i did I, what i had no part in this and so she lets all the girls in the house and makes all the boys stay in the barn yeah including adam yeah like for the winter yeah yeah i mean those are all very serious crimes yes and yes. they all have a very rapey vibe yes yeah. and this is where adam is just like well fuck y'all then i'm going to the trapping cabin this is the best idea i've ever had if you're not going to be supportive i'm going to leave you yeah yeah and she's like <laughs> fine he's got to learn that he can't treat people this way so fucking bye we cut through kind of a montage of the girls playing pranks on the boys because they're kind of mad that they've been kidnapped. Uh, and then we cut to them having that quilting bee after all because they're all sewing yeah. dresses. Well, they're trapped there and they were literally taken with the clothes on their backs. So they yes. need other clothes. They need other yeah. clothes. And the boys keep coming up with reasons to come in so they can see their girls yeah and it's hardcore stockholm syndrome like oh, yeah this movie leans into it from the beginning where it's like they're actually happy to be there because the boys are there and it's like no this is kidnapping yeah they're afraid they might get raped and or murdered so they have yeah. to show interest yeah i i do think it's funny 
as as an adult that they try to paint Dorcas as like the sexy one. Yes, they do. Because she's the one who's like, which boy used to sleep in this bed, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, she is Catwoman, as we learned. So Catwoman. yeah, that checks out. And they're all accusing each other of like, well, I saw you looking out the window and I saw you by the woodpile or whatever. Yeah. And they get in a corset fight. <laughs> I love a good corset fight. I'm going to be honest with corset you. Corset fight! Corsets are the best. I'm a huge Tight fan. lace versus stays. Who's going to take the cup? <laughs> so Millie runs up and is like, stop fighting. I'm pregnant. And they're like, oh my God, when's it due? And she's like, spring. And at this point, everyone should be like, what? <laughs> so it's one of the town folks, babies? Yeah, like how many months? How long has she been here? Because the movie doesn't give you a good sense of time. It could be two weeks. It could be two months. We don't really know. Well, they do say that spring doesn't happen until June there. So like maybe like September to June. How far is that? How many months is that? It, it's almost. It's, September like, it's nine, nine months. months. It is nine months. That checks it's, out. It's basically exactly like it's that first night in the tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <sighs> she got pregnant on her wedding night. Wow. That is unfortunate for her. I hope that happens to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. She wouldn't have known until... Until a month and some change later. No, so like she would have known then either. She because she's never been told about the birth. <laughs> she's like, I think I ate some bad chicken and my stomach is moving. Is oh, the stork man. supposed to come or <laughs> so uh they're all like, Oh my gosh, yay! Like well, finally, yes, we're gonna help. It'll be spring. And then Millie just kind of leaves. She's like, I got shit to do. Uh, and they're like, great, we're going to dance around this attic for a while more. Right. They do immediately go from like, we'll take care of all your chores to like they jump from that to have fun with your chores. <laughs> yeah. To letting Millie do all the chores while they dance around. And what are I guess is their winter underwear, I guess, is what we see. Yeah. Did not mind that part. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but this is uh, when you marry in June. Yeah. Is this song. And then they sing through. They go from their song about getting married in June to singing through the months of what's happened. And at this point, it, it almost seems like they've been there since October, November through Christmas. Oh, yeah. Through to May, June. So they've been there for like six to eight months. Yeah. They it have. Seems. I mean, there's even one line. It's like the girls singing about spring or whatever, or like how it's like snowing all the time. February, it's up to your knee or whatever. Oh, it's like yeah, that it's... whole thing. And then like April showers will come, so they say, but they don't. And it's May. It May. I love that yeah. line because you're like, God, you're like trapped for seven, eight months out of the year up there. Yes. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, so then it's spring and we cut to them with all the baby animals and it's spring, spring, spring. And everyone now has quilt dresses, which is a hilarious plot point in the movie because they had to make their own dresses, but also pretty funny. And we'll talk about it in fun facts of why they end up with quilt dresses. Really? It is a budget thing. Oh, no <laughs> yeah. shit. Okay. So they've got like baby goats and then Millie's having her baby. So they rush back to the house. So they help her deliver the baby. Okay. So quickly before the, the baby delivery, I love when Gideon and Alice are singing their part and then like they get up and start running away. Mm -hmm. Gideon is like looking behind him, like back towards Alice, who he's like pulling along. And they are running towards the painted wall. It's a back. 
backdrop. And yes. there's no way he does not. There's no way they didn't cut it right before he smacked he into hits that, that wall. wall. Like, because they, so either funny. that or the forced perspective is so extreme. Yeah, maybe. That it looks that way. But there's multiple parts in this scene where people are kind of running across the hills where they definitely are running too fast yeah. to miss the wall. And then it cuts away. Yes. So the baby lives. It's it's a baby girl. Yes. Gideon faints because he's an uncle. I love Gideon. He's so great in this movie. <laughs> well, and they all come and visit the baby and they like made him a bat made it a bassinet. And, yeah, you they know. like made clothes, they made shoes, they made the bassinet, right? They made all that stuff. And I like how when all the guys come in, they give Millie a kiss on the cheek and they like touch the baby. And it's like it's a very sweet moment that the baby's father is just like too fucked to be there for. <laughs> well, so that's why we cut to the next scene. Yeah. Gideon rides up to the trapping cabin to be like hey Millie had a baby and he's just like that ain't my baby Mari let's see the test results (laughs) (laughs) I would have been more mad of you didn't tell me until she had the baby. Why yeah, didn't you, you didn't want to drive tell me up she here was pregnant? months ago? Absolutely. I did love when Gideon's like, you don't want to see your own kin, your own little girl. And Adam goes, a girl? I'd have known she had a girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like that's something she had that control useless over. bitch. <laughs> he is, Adam is a super villain every chance he gets. And it is bonkers to me that he's like one of the heroes of this movie, quote unquote. And Gideon hits him for it. Punches him in the fuck face i sort of agree with him he's like i've looked up to you my entire life and now i'm ashamed for you and then he punches him (laughs) in the face and instead of like beating the shit out of gideon which adam clearly could he just throws him on the horse with some beaver pelts and says you go buy yourself a wife or sorry (laughs) i'm not coming back till the pass is open that's what he says (laughs) yeah that's what he said uh so we immediately cut to the pass is open and the town is like get your weapons we're going to get the girls i love how like the guy who's hitting that like metal circle thing that like to call all the men or whatever he's like Uh all the men gather your weapons and get to the meeting house and then like literally like seconds later all the men are like we're already fucking ready to go like they're pulling up on their horses and no need to go to the meeting house let's take off for the cabin yeah let's murder these fuckers yes through the woods through the mist yes, through the curse through the sticking place it is very beauty and the beast it is yeah uh, right down Counting to the Stockholm Syndrome counting on Gaston to leave the way yeah. yeah the only thing the women in this movie didn't get though is a library and that makes all the difference <laughs> it does you think any of those men could read no <laughs> no they ha- they would have no use for a library this is our second episode in a row where most of the main characters probably can't read I bet the women could have read well I don't know maybe not but like Millie clearly can read no Millie could read but the other ones couldn't I mean she is the one shown reading to them both men and women the, the whole movie you're right yeah anyway so they hitch up the wagon and Adam comes home and is just like I told you I'd be back when the pass is open idiots <laughs> they're, they're all playing like musical chairs or whatever yeah and then Gideon yeah. loses and then Adam comes in and everyone's like <gasps> and he's like I told you the, I'd be back when the pass is open you fucking morons <laughs> yes yeah and he goes to see the baby and they we establish that her name is Hannah because well, she kept up with the naming convention and thankfully that baby didn't get named Hepzibah <laughs> oh yeah well I, okay so like that definitely was Millie already picked the name Hannah so she yes. gave him two shitty options and one great option and he chose Hannah yeah to make him feel like he got to pick the name even though he clearly didn't which is fine yes i was very proud of millie in that moment 
I mean, I would have been more proud if she not not her. I, she's a victim. Yeah, I would have been more proud if he would have been like, "Let's make this decision together." Oh yeah, but that's like not at all Adam's vibe. Anna, Anna's <laughs> yeah. her name. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it mine? <laughs> well, this is the this is where he gives the speech of like, I got to thinking up there up there in the mountains about that baby and how if somebody carried her off i'd string him up and shoot it and you're just like yeah i don't i don't know why this was so hard to understand before but okay some people don't have a ton of empathy until they actually go through that situation this is a common problem that we deal with in america Still today. a lot of people that like lack empathy just don't really care about the needs of their fellow man until it happens to them and then they're like well why don't we have a social safety net for when people lose their job People are like, I don't understand why they would do that. And then the same exact thing happens to them and they do it. And they're like, I've grown a lot the last six months. (laughs) You love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, he's like, I'm going to take those girls back to town. And and also, I'm sure he's like, maybe if we take them back, they won't hang us. But no, they would have definitely hung them. I also think he's sort of right. Like, follow me to the end of this, because this is going to sound crazy. But like, they've already kidnapped the women. The only way they stand a chance of ever being with them is if they peacefully return the women and like apologize and try to make amends. No, they, they got to release the women and run because they're fucked. Well, no, I mean, but like the only way they end up with the women is to profusely apologize and hopefully not get murdered by the the kinsfolk of the women like i understand his positioning and when like the panapi brothers confront adam are like no we're gonna fight them off and adam is like no that's a terrible idea you're gonna be killing their like brothers and fathers they're never gonna want to be with you then like he's right like they should never have kidnapped them to begin with but now that's their only chance right yeah i i agree i do think they would also probably have to have multiple people swear that their honor was intact and like a whole yeah. bunch of patriarchal bullshit but the girls don't want to go back though allegedly because that's how stockholm syndrome works yeah. and so the girls have run away so the guys are trying to capture them to take them back to the town but as they're doing that the townsfolk get there yeah like as the as the Ponape brothers are like snatching up the women to take them back like they're getting then held at gunpoint <laughs> like there's one where I think it's frankincense it's like pulling his woman out of the hay to like get her back and then the guy comes in and like arrests him like citizens arrest him here's something that I did not notice until the literally this time watching it okay and I'm sure it was an in-joke. It has to be intentional. Okay. They catch all, almost all six of them, especially the ones in the barn, in sexual positions. Yes, they do. It, where it, it looks like they are actively having sex with those women. Yeah. And, and multiple different positions of it. Yeah. Like where it is very clearly that's what they were going for. Yeah. And as they're kind of trying to track all the women down, the preacher, Alice's father, hears the baby crying yeah and apparently he can't do math i do i do love that when he's like ladies 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 before we murder every man in this barn right i need to ask you whose baby that was we heard crying and then all the women do their like i am spartacus moment and they're like it's mine mine." like all of them at the same time because apparently no one in this fucking town can count. No. Because it physically could not be anyone's but Millie's. I mean, but listen, men are dumb and they were very dumb at this time. And the only people that know that it could only be Millie's are women. And they're not going to tell on themselves because they want to marry the men that they were kidnapped by for some reason. Yeah. Not to bring up Outlander again, but this was a plot point in one of the more recent <laughs> seasons where Claire tries to tell people like, by the way, this is how menstrual cycles work. And... Uh, 
the men folk don't like it. They're like, you're a witch. We have to burn you now. Uh, I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in this movie, we immediately then cut from all the women saying that it's their baby to a shotgun wedding. A group shotgun wedding in which I don't know if you counted. There's only five fathers there. I did count that, which means two of them are sisters, right? Are sisters. Yeah. 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 Oh, I think God. it's the two that are together. I think it's Dan and Ephraim's. Yeah. Because the two that they got at the same house. So I think those are the two that are sisters. I don't remember their names or which ones they are, but the the ones that are always seen together are sisters, I think. But like, that's okay, right? They're like two sisters marrying two brothers. Technically, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, like yeah, twins right? marry twins all the time. Sure, um, yeah, that's fine. My, my sister and I dated a set of brothers <sighs> in high school. Okay. But... And, and that's, that's, that's the, movie. the movie. Yeah. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? Extremely troubling. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But I love it. I really do love it. Although Mikey's going to have a lot of criticisms and I will say he's right on all of them, but I still love it. Hey, Mikey, on a scary scale from <laughs> 27, no, Sweet Home Alabama to, I guess, this where would you rank? Yeah. I guess this. I guess over the, over this. I mean, this is on par for Todd loving things that only hurt him. <laughs> like that cat that pees on him. Uh-huh. I did not enjoy this. Oh, man. I wish we could have watched this together. Not even for the bonkersness of it? No. There's plenty of bonkers romantic comedies that aren't musicals and aren't as boring. I bet if this was a straight play and not a musical, you would have liked it because it would have been like just straight up bonkers. Like it is an insane premise to begin with. And I feel like that is something that you'd be on board for. Yeah. If they made another movie, like they made a movie without song. Well, I don't know. This movie's just bad. It's bad. I mean, here, here's what I will say. Uh, I find some of the song ca- songs catchy. It yeah. is a classic. It is a bad, bad movie. Yes. <laughs> it is It is not good. It doesn't say anything good about women or just people in general. <laughs> and like the messages in this movie oh. should not get out. But, you know, it's still fun for an episode. Uh, yeah, this is a musical I don't think they're ever going to remake. No, I hope they don't because it's perfect, Paige, because this <laughs> one's perfect. I'm sure uh. there, <laughs> I'm sure there's some <laughs> executive that's like, hear me out. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers starring BTS. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's do it. I would honestly check that out. I would check out that musical. Yeah. I could see this coming from like the right wing entertainment sphere. Like uh, oh. this would definitely be a Kirk Cameron produced Trinity Broadcasting presents Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Brought to you by the 700 Clubs. <laughs> I can see a younger, like, younger Dean Kane, younger Kevin Sorbo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As brothers. The stars of Hercules and Lois and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> that would honestly be terrible because there's no Russ Tamblin. Oh, wait. Hear me out, though. Okay. We remake this movie. With scars guards. Only scars guards. <laughs> Only scars guards. <laughs> Honestly, here for all scars guards all the time. And like you think there are I can see it being remade because Netflix released like last year that three hundred and sixty-five days movie, which is as bonkers as this. I did not watch it. I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. That's like a film where a drug dealer kidnaps a woman for a year and says, I'm not gonna hurt you or make you have sex with me, but I want you to fall in love with me. I'm gonna keep you spending time with me for the whole year oh so passengers but on the ground hang on yes is it a rom-com 
It's a romantic movie. Yes, that's not romantic they, at all. That's horrifying. Up, it's, it's like it's like a wow. Fifty Shades kind of reaction. They have like hot sex, but it's really just kidnapping. I, I hate everything about that, but I am gonna watch it. I wait, am, wait. Does it have songs? <laughs> it's got like drug dealer <laughs> nightclub techno. All right. Oh no, that sounds terrible. Selling cocaine, selling cocaine, doing coke in front of all your friends. Like that is something I am here Taking for. Taking Molly, drinking. Yeah. Like the movie is bought. It's. Bonkers. <laughs> it is bonkers. Paige, I, we need to take a weekend and rewrite whatever that fucking movie was called, but as a musical, using the music from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> Always fun to shoot up in your arm <laughs> or between your toes or in your eye. <laughs> when your track marks are visible, you have a problem. problem. Hell yeah, Paige. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, Paige, you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Kidnapped. Kidnapped. Fun facts. Fun facts. Now, <laughs> I briefly mentioned when we announced at the end of Night's Tale that we were doing this. Yeah. That this movie was made by the Freed Unit. Yes, uh, you did. If you don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Freed Unit refers to Arthur Freed, who was actually a lyricist, and he gets hired by MGM to start producing musicals in like the mid 40s. Uh, and he gets so good at it that they give him his entire own production unit at MGM. Jesus. And so even though his name is nowhere on this movie, his department made it. Yeah. And it gets to be so famous and so popular that he has to start outsourcing his musical, essentially, talents and casting and everything. So he creates kind of a studio within a studio that largely employed gay people uh, at a time when you could not safely be out. Uh, and his unit was just kind of like, we're not going to ask about it, uh, but thanks for the choreography. Like they just, it was a place where gay people could kind of safely get jobs and people would kind of look the other way yeah. because the musicals kept coming and the money kept coming. Now, Arthur Freed, not exactly a great guy because he at at one point as uh, detailed in Shirley Temple's autobiography uh -oh. exposed himself to Shirley Temple. Oh my God. She credits that with part of why she got out of show business. Jesus. And allegedly the, the, the story goes according to her autobiography, not allegedly, according to her autobiography, yeah. he exposed himself to her during a casting session and she laughed like she just kind of <laughs> uncontrollably laughed and he threw her out immediately was like get out you'll never work for mgm again and that's exactly what happened um oh my but god he makes movies and musicals for mgm for like 20 plus years yeah. with this entire production unit and they become the studio for musicals uh for a long time which brings me to what happened with this movie so the same year that they were making this movie, they were also making Brigadoon. Okay. Now, if you're not familiar with Brigadoon. I am, yeah. It's a Gene Kelly movie uh, set in Scotland. Uh, and everyone thought that because it was a Gene Kelly movie, that would be the more popular movie. Um, because Singing in the Rain's already come out. Yeah. Gene Kelly's a huge star. So they're like, that's clearly going to be the one that's going to make the money. And so in order to finance more shooting budget for Brigadoon... They cut this movie's budget in half or more. Oh, wow. So, but it's already in production. And so they start having to use backdrops. They were supposed to shoot on location. Oh, really? Like they were supposed to build out like a whole town and Damn. all bunch, and all of that gets scrapped. Okay. All of it. 
And now, granted, I think they were mostly going to film both like on the back lot at Universal and like Petticoat Junction and Niles, like a few places that are like set up to kind of look like that. Sure. Um, But they don't get to do any of it. They do almost all of it on sound stages. Yeah. But not only that, it meant that all of the team that would have normally from the Freed unit worked on this movie, like the A players get taken for Brigadoon and Rosemary, which also gets made around the same time. Okay. So Arthur Freed, who is a lyricist, has to find someone to work on this movie because originally this movie was supposed to be all American folk songs, not original songs. Really? And they did not have the budget to pay for the rights to folk songs because they were not in the public domain yet. Man, I'm so happy that they couldn't. I love the music from this. Well, you have... One specific person to thank for that, namely a man named Johnny Mercer. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Johnny Mercer's work. Uh, If you listen to cult podcasts, that might be a familiar name for you. Uh, Johnny Mercer is most famous. I mean, he wrote a ton of songs, but one of the ones he's most famous for is a song called Accentuate the Positive. Uh, You have almost definitely heard of it, but it's the accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like in commercials and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Well, the reason he wrote that song is because he went to a sermon by a man named Father Divine. Oh, If you're not familiar with Father (laughs) Divine, Father Divine is a cult leader um, who existed around this time, the 30s and 40s specifically, and even into the 50s a little bit. And Father Divine specifically created these kind of like hotel slash apartment buildings uh, that served as a place for black people to live and work when they could not find places to live and work because of redlining. So yeah. in a way, he does a lot of good, but he also makes it very hard for them to lead and leave and like puts loudspeakers over their apartments, which Jim Jones steals that idea from him. And like Father Divine yeah. inspires a lot of really horrible people even though he ends up doing a lot of good it's a real catch-22 story sure but johnny mercer basically made that song out of one of father divine's sermons Mm. but then johnny mercer goes on to write most notably the sob and women song and if you listen to both songs they have a very similar cadence you can actually tell that it's specifically a johnny mercer song because it sounds different from the rest of the musical so they outsource a lot of the other songs but the one that they can like afford to pay a fancy guy for they pay johnny mercer to do it okay so he does that one song which is why it's so catchy and horrifying at the same time. It is fucking catchy. Like, it's a really great song. It's just a terrible subject matter. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, Howard Keel, who played Adam, yeah. this is his personal favorite of the movies he made. Oh, I love that for Howard. So, for the costumes for the girls in the cabin, they their budget got slashed, obviously. Uh, so, they went to the Salvation Army and found old quilts and just turned them into dresses. Oh, Jesus. Which is why... Which, by the way, is like a that's like a film student level budget choice. Yeah. But that's why in the second half of the movie, like half the girls have quilt dresses or tablecloth dresses because they also use tablecloths, too. But like whatever they could find that they could like, I don't know, throw a waistband on it on it. (laughs) So it's a skirt now. Like, yeah, that's what they did. Uh, When they originally started casting, they felt like there was no way to easily distinguish between the brothers and the town suitors. So they had them all dye their hair red so that they were the only redheads yeah. and that's when they started color coding them yeah so that you, they could stand out in those scenes with a lot of different people okay so the barn raising this film 
was only in production for 48 days total. Really? Yes. Jesus. Pre-production was only for a couple weeks outside of that as well. Wow, okay. Uh, They spent three weeks on the barn raising dance sequence, rehearsing and shooting it. okay. So the rehearsals went on for weeks because it's very, very intricate. And it's during those rehearsals that Russ Hamblin and some of the others uh, visit the set as it's being built because they're building the sets while they're rehearsing because they're on such a breakneck shooting schedule of 48 days. Yeah. So while they're visiting the set, it becomes like a one-upsmanship and they start doing these stunts So they have to scrap half the choreography to incorporate those stunts and try to shoot all of them. But they did not have insurance for it. So literally, if you broke your neck, you were just fucking shit out of luck on that one. And some of those stunts are insane, like dangerously insane. Yeah, Yeah, it is crazy. So uh, Lament, the Lonesome Polecat song. Yeah. Uh, Again, Benjamin can't dance. That's why he's not dancing in it. (laughs) Uh, But also when they first cut the movie, the censors at the time, which by the way, film censorship at the time, film censorship has changed over time. And at this time, there were very, very strict things like you could not see a husband and wife in bed together, which is why you never see Millie and and Adam together. Um, Interesting. You couldn't see like you couldn't see a toilet on screen like so many crazy things wasn't psycho the first movie to show a toilet uh, psycho yes. is the first movie to yeah. show a toilet and it's after this yeah, yeah 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 but so when the censors got the first cut of this movie they were really unhappy about the song uh the line in the song lament where they say a man can't sleep when he sleeps with sheep because they thought it implied bestiality which by the way it, it fully does, does. Yeah. it fully does um and their compromise was I guess originally they depicted sheep in the barn with the brothers. Okay. And so they had to go back and reshoot and take the sheep out because they were like, you can't, you can't use that line if we ever see that there are sheep on this farm. (laughs) Because (laughs) it would make people think that they're fucking those sheep. It would make people think that, yes. So they remove, they remove the sheep from the movie. Of the brides and the brothers, so of the girls and the guys, Virginia Gibson is one of the only people who sings for herself. Okay. Uh, So she's the one who sings June Bride. Everyone else's voices are dubbed by a who's who of people who would go on to dub a million other things. Um, If you're super into who dubs what, I would recommend looking it up. The actor who played Benjamin, a man named Jeff Richards, uh, was an actor but mainly uh, it's because he was a professional baseball player. Was he really? <laughs> yes. And so he was just like a big hulking dude. Hell and yeah. that's why they hired him. And he's one of two brothers not chosen for his dancing ability. The other is Howard Keel, who plays Adam, yeah. uh, who was an actor and singer and legitimately so had been on Broadway yeah. and a whole bunch of stuff. And there's videos of it. But that's also why you never see Adam dance. Not once in this film. No. In fact, every time a dance happens, he just walks off screen <laughs> to one of the sides. He's like, I'm going and to my it's trailer. really funny. I'll see you. Yeah. I'm going to go to that hunting lodge. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Guys. I'll see you. the past is noted. <laughs> so they shot two different versions of the movie. What? Yes, for CinemaScope and for coloring because it was still pretty new. Yeah. So they ended up having to put more money into the production anyway because they wanted it to be in in color 
and uh, not enough theaters were equipped with CinemaScope screens. So that's why it has CinemaScope, but it also has, I believe it's Acton or uh, there's another colorant company listed in the credits, but they essentially had to film like two sets of stock. That's crazy. To make this movie work. Yeah. The movie was originally going to be titled, do you want to guess? Uh, uh, Sob and Women? It was. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no shit. it did okay. not test well with audiences. No, I'm sure not. What a surprise. <laughs> so then they retitled it and they were like, well, what do we call it? A Bride for Seven Brothers. And they're like, no. No. The censors vetoed that one because they're like, it sounds like they're all railing Millie. It does. And they're like, that does sound like that. Probably, by the way. Like he's in that hunting lodge for a while. Uh, so they <laughs> then changed it to Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And Much better those title. are your fun facts for this week. There are a ton more fun I'm facts sure. online because this does eventually become a stage musical and a million other things. But we would be here all day. Yeah. Well, thank you for those you fun go. facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the budget for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was in 1954? I have to recuse myself okay. because I know. 150000 Okay. It was actually $2.54 million. Yeah. Musicals were big ass business yeah. at the time. Um, so if you adjust that for inflation, it would be around $27.3 million today, which is honestly still not a lot of money for how big this production would have been. But right. it's not nothing, right? Well, and keep in mind that the original budget was probably closer to $5 million. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. And like $2 million of that goes to Brigadoon. Yeah. So this movie came out early in 1954. It did fairly well in the box office. It made $9.4 million. But if you adjust for inflation, that's like $101 million today. Yeah. So it's like a hundred yeah. million dollar in the box office movie. So for the year of 1954, it was the 16th top grossing movie for that whole year. Like number one that year was White Christmas. Number two was 2000 Leagues Under the Sea. Rear Window was number four. Oh, Rear Window. That's a good movie. I love Rear Window. Yeah, so Gone with the Wind, that was actually released in 1939, was re-released this year and was number six. <laughs> well, because they used to do that yeah. more often. Well, because you couldn't like buy a VHS, right? Right. So they would re-release movies and it, it still did very, very well. So it was, uh, it was 16th at the box office for the whole year. It was a very, very big movie that year. But I don't have a lot of other information because it was so long ago. I couldn't give you like week by week analysis of that. But it did very, very well. And that's your box office. Well, and cop copyright and stuff for this changes hands so many times, which is how we end up with it in like a box set yeah. uh, in the 90s. I mean, I'm sure it's probably part of a set or whatever now. Um, and it's streaming. It was on HBO Max. Like that tells you how popular this movie was, is that today it is streaming on HBO Max. That's why I watched it. So do you guys think they're all still together? Yes, yes because they had no choice. That's what I was going to say. There was no divorce back then. Yeah. I mean, there was, but it was not common and especially not easily initiated by women. I do think half of these guys died in like their 40s. So yeah. they did like I think the women were happy later in life. I think the damage was done at that point. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. But in my mind, I'm like retconning a Seven Brides for Seven Brothers 2 where it's like all the women are like early 40s and their men are all dead and they just run the farm and they're very happy. Ooh, like a commune. Oh, sort of, yeah. But they just have kids and they're all happy, you know? And they just make fancy candles and soaps. And yeah, like artisanal <laughs> like butters <laughs> and stuff, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm here for that. You're very close to describing a uh, lesbian romance movie. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah, except for the two sisters, I'm on board. Yeah, except for the two sisters, I'm here for those women finding best friends. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this week, Paige, you made us watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mikey, now that you're back, what are you going to make us watch next week? Uh, I'm going to pick the half of it, which seems really interesting. It's like a um, like a teen drama comedy about high school, and it's like a girl falls in love with a girl, but like a guy also falls in love with this girl, and she, the girl who's in love with the girl like writes letters for her for him to like woo. It's like, but it's like a love triangle, like a, like the story of Cicero, but you know, you mean Cyrano, C- Cyrano de Bergerac? Yeah, sure. Okay, that guy too. So your homework for next week is to get wine drunk and watch the half of it. For next week So um, yeah Guys if you like This power thruple That we have here On this podcast Make sure to check out Our other podcast The Horror Virgin And that is the only Other podcast That Mikey and I are on But Paige Gets around And she is on Two other podcasts Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Bless this beautiful pod. <laughs> Wherever you may be. <sighs> She's cute, but can she cook? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I can't hear yet, but I'm a willing to bet you're the pod for me. Listen, oh I'll send you all to cooking school. <laughs> <laughs>